Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Hi, friends. You missed some A1 wordplay before we started recording. You sure did. You know, if this is the stuff that they play on the episode, the stuff they cut out also probably happened. Oh, I don't cut anything out. Are you crazy? We are not the first podcast, uh, nor even like the, the most third. recent <laughs> podcast to do that thing where we say, we're going to cut this out and we don't cut it out, but it's still funny to me. Yep. When you leave that in, someone saying, I'm going to cut this in out. In fact, I kind of want someone to make a compila- compilation of all the times we've said we're going to cut this out. Uh, I think they're called a supercut. Yes, that'll be a supercut of cut it outs. Yes. Cut it out. Ugh. See, now yeah. you think I'm referencing Full House, but I'm really referencing Out of Control. See, that would be fine. I thought you were referencing Fuller House. Nope. Also not that. Is that Somebody told me that was the new um, Star Trek series. Really? Because Brian Fuller's making it. Oh, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. I'm <laughs> it's really a terrible lo- I'm joke. I'm really looking forward to Bob Saget being in charge of a spaceship. <laughs> I thought Charles was in charge of the spaceship. I would look. I would watch that show, too. Not if it was Scott Bayo, I wouldn't. Can we talk about Dear John? <laughs> no one ever that... wants to talk about Dear John with me. Wasn't that Judd Hirsch? Dear John. From, from, from Taxi? Like Dear that was his follow-up John. series? By the time that you read this, I'll be gone. That's all I know. Okay, but do you know who was in it or what it was about? He was the dude from Taxi. I remember that. Yeah, because I watched Judd Taxi. Hirsch. His name was Judd. Judd, like like uh, like like Judd Nelson, That's like Ashley Judd. Judd Hirsch. Yes, like my name is Judd. You have to stop before he said Judd. <laughs> Please don't say Judd. Okay. Don't be don't be named Judd. I'm looking at who was in it, and apart from Judd Hirsch, there's nobody I recognize. I thought somebody from The Simpsons was in it, but mm-hmm. it's Harry, Harry Groner. Wow, that's a name. So it was like, oh, Harry Shearer. No. No. Oh, Matt Groening. No. Harry Groner. All right. Yeah, there's nothing to say about that show is the thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Estelle Geddes wasn't on it. No, she definitely was not on it. I, I This looks like it was concurrent with uh, the Golden Girls, so mm. she would have been on that. I'm not going to be on this show. She was on uh, Empty Nest, though. Uh, well, maybe as like a guest star, yeah. Wait, and she played what's her face? She played Sophia, which I was thought was really cool when I was a kid. Yeah, no, NBC. I I'm pretty sure the other networks did this too. NBC did that thing where like a character from one show would go to another. In fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kramer sublet or uh, uh, rented his apartment because it was sublet by someone on Mad About You. Mm. Or something like that. I don't know. None of this has anything to do with Star Trek. Well, I mean, you know, there was a time Kramer was on Star Trek. Mm, that never happened. Well, it probably shouldn't either. There's a time when uh, George Costanza's on Star Trek, but we haven't gotten there yet. No, that's fine. Yeah. I, I like Jason Alexander, and he's apparently a, a huge Trek fan. So. Oh, he is. He was very excited to do this. I remember the uh, TV Guide uh, interview. TV Guide, I think there might have just been one guy there who loved Star Trek. Oh, dude, but... that would totally explain all the Star Trek specials that I would buy. Yeah. And that, like, like my aunt got TV Guide for years, and she would always save anyone that had, like, that was Star Trek related for me. Oh, that was nice of her. Yeah. I was a grown-up by then, so I had to buy them. And, yeah. like, I, like, I already knew when the three shows I watched were on. Mm-hmm. 
and I didn't need a TV guide, but they they put Cisco on there. Like, oh god damn it! And they did. They would. They that was the only publication outside of like niche nerd stuff I knew of that talked about Deep Space Nine. Star so Trek Monthly. I was all over that. Yeah, or like the official Deep Space Nine magazine or whatever. This week in Star Trek Monthly, yet another interview with John Delancey. Yes, I'm still here, Delancey. <laughs> Wouldn't he have been doing? Um, uh, some UPN other show at this point. Maybe. Uh, uh, not not the unspeakable show that Brian keeps wanting to mention, but wasn't he on Briscoe County Jr. or something He might like have that? been on Briscoe County Jr. You said not like three times. I'm like, was he at Knott's Berry Farm? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, he was at Knott's Berry Farm. Was he not. like hanging out with Snoopy? Uh, is that where Snoopy lives? Yeah, Snoopy lives at Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm is super peanutsy. Matt, when they told you that they took Snoopy off to a farm, that's not what that meant. No, they took him to the Daisy Hill Puffy Farm. Uh, that, that's not what that means. Which was depressing. Because uh, well, puppy, puppy farms are depressing. I I mean, I, they probably are in real life, but in my mind, it's just a farm and all the farm animals are replaced with puppies. Yeah, that like sounds the cow, great. The cow is a puppy, the pig is a puppy, they're all puppies. Mm. There's a version of Charlotte's Web I really want to see. Yeah. There, the puppy comes down and spins a web to save the other puppy. Yep, it says some puppy in it. Yeah. They're they're all just puppies. It's puppies Th- all that, the way down. That's the version of Star Trek I want to see. Yes. Just the, the whole, like, puppy crew. And know. I don't want people to think that, like, oh, it's going to be, there'll be puppies wearing uniforms and standing on two legs and, like, talking and stuff. No. no, it'll just be some puppies playing on the bridge of the Enterprise. It would still be the right sets, though. Oh, yeah, totally. They'd be in space, and mm-hmm. they'd be on the Enterprise or wherever. But you know. uh, there's a bunch of puppies in uh, the captain's chair, mm-hmm. in a blanket, blanket, a blanket. I mean, I feel like there should only be one puppy in the captain's chair, but I could bend on that if they're all like having a snooze together or something. Yeah, a puppy snooze, a Star Trek yeah. puppy snooze. Mm-hmm. Um, I, let's talk about the new series though, because we haven't yet. Mm. I, mostly because there's uh, barely. All right. I wanted to last time and none of the mail we got really talked about it and we already ran like two hours and it was like, well, no, probably no time for this. Mm-hmm. I, the thing is, we don't know very much yet. We know no. uh, Brian Fuller's the showrunner, which is a good sign. Yes. And uh, start the rumor right now. And I haven't seen this officially confirmed, but I've seen it in a lot of pretty reputable places is that they're going to do a seasonal anthology like uh, like Fargo or like True Detective where. Right. One season is a story, and then they move to a different setting and do a different story. Mm. And I've been saying, any longtime listeners will remember, I've been saying this for years, that I would love to see a Star Trek anthology show. Oh, totally. So this is completely what I want. Mm. Like, And I think and, the um, doing it anthology season-wise instead of episode-wise gives them... Oh, that's much smarter. Yeah, it gives them way more room to tell like a complete story. Yeah, you can get attached to the characters, you can really get into what's going on, and... I imagine it's cheaper because you only have to build new sets once a season instead of every episode. Sure. So, yeah, that it's win-win for everyone, assuming it goes on for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the announcement this week was that they'd be dropping one episode a week, which apparently is revolutionary. I, it certainly is these days. I, I don't know. That's how TV works, man. Like, like, I mean, I get it. Like, a lot of people were just like, well, how am I supposed to watch it all at once? I mean, dude, I can't do that. I don't have a weekend free to watch 12 episodes of Daredevil. Like, I I do. Oh, what I do don't. you got going on that's so important that you don't have time for Daredevil, man? I'm very, I'm very busy. Also, I finished Daredevil at this point. I forget okay. what I'm working on now. Ah, very well. Um, 
But I mean, th- this all sounds good. Also, the rumor is that, again, these are rumors. This is yes, nothing officially it's just confirmed. A but um, I was trying to reference a song, and it's it's gone now. Is the song it's just completely it's just gone. a rumor? Which I no. believe was a Beatles song. Maybe no, it's not. No, it was something from the eighties no. that you that you wouldn't have known. That's the eighties Beatles. Yeah, the eighties Beatles. Yeah, which is uh, John. Uh, no, no, George, uh, Paul, Ringo, and John's corpse. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, John. Um, yeah, sorry, not sorry. No, no, I'm, I am. Well, he was kind of a jerk. I think it's okay to be mean to him. Yeah, but then he, then he stopped being a jerk and, and also tried to, alive. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he was just starting to turn shit around, and then, mm. and then somebody shot him. That sucked. Anyway, um, no, the, the <laughs> stop uh, not being a jerk. Bang. <laughs> The uh, the other rumor is that uh, the first season is going to be set uh, after uh, Star Trek Six, like in that period between uh, the movies and uh, Next Gen. That sounds like that sounds cool. Yeah, that there's a lot of potential for story in there, mm-hmm. and a lot like we've n- never explored that except briefly in Generations, and we wanted them to stop exploring it. Then <laughs> I didn't hate the look of the Enterprise B, and I didn't hate that Captain. What little we saw of him, and I didn't hate Tamora Sulu. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think if there were there were snippets of that I liked. There is a there's a comic I read. They were doing that uh, those IDW was doing those Captain comics mm-hmm. where they did a one shot for each each uh, Captain. And the one they did about uh, what the fuck is it? It's not Robert Harriman. April. Uh, no Harriman. Harriman. It's all about uh, it's all about Bones coming on the ship uh, and Harriman being like super guilty that he got Kirk killed. Yeah, I've I've read a couple and, of different things about him where it's like he just carries the guilt of killing the the yep. world's greatest hero, the galaxy's greatest hero. And Bones just being like, "Yeah, <laughs> you sure did." I'm sorry, I killed the captain. Yeah, I would be. You should be. Yeah, guy was my best friend. I was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to do now? It's gonna be years before I can yell at Data. And and Spock's just hanging out on Romulus now, so like I got nothing. The occasional. Uh, Bones Spock meetups that you know they had over the years just to like oh, yeah. after Kirk was dead just like to try and like we're still friends right <laughs> mm. what do we have in common now that he's gone this is I mean <clears throat> you're my second best friend but how do we mm. do this now yeah we, we we need a we need a mediator this here. is so <laughs> how are you as always doctor I am well all right. I and I can't talk about what I'm getting up to because it's top secret. Well, time to be racist. All right, good talk. I'll see you in a few years. <laughs> um and I I I've uh speaking of the comics, I've I've uh went and caught up on the IDW series and uh, still, huh? I That's just, too bad. It's fine. It's not it's not worth it. It's uh, certainly not worth $5 an issue or whatever it is. Uh-huh. So that is unfortunate. I, it started strong. It really did. It was good, like right out of the gate, um, like five years ago or whenever that was. I read up till the DS Nine crossover. I think. Yeah, that wasn't super great. I thought. no, I wanted it to be. A... <laughs> well, I wanted it to be a crossover with DS Nine, and what they did was this weird alternate future yeah. thing, where it was like the Paul Wraith said one or something, and it's not a bad idea, but it's like. If you sell me a, a, an original series DS9 mm. crossover, I want to see the characters that I know, not different versions of them, you know? Also, and by the way, um, if you didn't think uh, Gul, Gul Dukat could be more the devil, 
Yeah, I guess that's true. He was super the devil in that comic. He's pretty the devil. Yep. I'm just, and I've, I've probably said this on the show before, but I kind of want to get into this a little again. It's the 50th anniversary this year. Yep. Star Trek started half a century ago. Yep. And I just, I look at uh, Doctor Who started in 1963 and they had their big 50th in 2013 and they went nuts. Yep. They did a big special where they got all the doctors together. Well, they tried to and and, uh, Eccleston wouldn't be in it, but they got as many of of them together as they could. And they they did a big epic thing and they did a bunch of like small like shorts. They think they did something with the eighth doctor and they did a whole just a whole promotional thing. And Star Trek's doing almost nothing. Yep. Like, officially, they're doing almost nothing. And it's just like, come on, you guys. This is one of the pillars of science fiction, like popular science fiction. This is like the biggest American science fiction franchise, arguably, that there is. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, we got a movie coming out that we're barely promoting. Yeah, we got a movie. Yeah. TV show at some point. The TV show, I I heard the TV show has been has been put off till next year because they don't want to confuse people by having a movie and a TV show at the same time. Wow. Now, in in this era of cross promotion, that's the thing is like back in the day in the mid 90s in the era we're covering on the show right now. Yeah. Voyager, Deep Space Nine and next gen movies were happening all at the same time and everyone was fine. Yep. And I mean, like you're saying 20 years on. Like people, people can follow all these Marvel movies and TV series, yep. and and there's no problem at all. But two things called Star Trek are just going to confuse the hell out of everyone. Two probably almost in, almost certainly unrelated things, because the the J.J. Abrams universe is clearly an offshoot, mm-hmm. and I the TV Zachary, series. I thought Zachary Quinto was going to be in this. Where is he? Yeah, I I think people are going to be fine. It's Am just, I watching Heroes? No. It's it's super disappointing to me, and I don't know what to think about the movie until I see it, obviously, but they're not promoting it very much. And I mean, there's still only been, like, one trailer, right? I think so. I don't know. And the dude who directed it, he, he comes from those Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. and I'm I, okay, fine. But uh, he just signed on to do Space Jam 2, which is not a good sign. That's, that's, a, that's what he'll be doing after Star Trek's done. That's a terrible sign. It sure is. So there's that. Like, can we talk about the fact that Space Jam's not very good? Yeah, I said it. Everyone listening to this who grew up around the same time I did. I was going to say everyone fucking movie. Everyone your age just like raves about that movie, which I don't really get. But yeah, I don't get it either. It's a piece of shit basketball movie. It's also a piece of shit, not very good Looney Tunes movie. No, Al, this is the point where you plug your your preferred Looney Tunes movie. Oh yes, that would be back in action. Mm-hmm. Which was surprisingly good. It, it, not amazing. Let's be clear. I'm yep. not trying to sell it as like the, the second coming of Chuck Jones or anything, but it was surprisingly good. Better than Space Jam. Well, come on. Lots of things are better than Space Jam. Uh-huh. I'm looking around my house and identifying some right now. And well, those are things, things I own, like uh, this paper plate. That paper plate is better than Space Jam? Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Is Lola Bunny involved with that paper plate in any way? Not even a little bit. Good. That's good. Um, the other the thing, character made entirely for DeviantArt years before DeviantArt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers got you guys started, but mm. really, here's here's what'll get you going. Just like a generation of kids raised on Chippendales Rescue Rangers go to see Space Jam and just go, oh, finally. And that all like that was step two. Step three was to invent the word furry, and then we're yep. set. 
And again, the, we've said this here and and elsewhere. We're not kink shaming at all. If that's if that's your thing, great. We're just identifying that's where it came from. Yes, we're, we're not using, like <laughs> this show is also a, this is also a detective podcast where we identify where fetishes came from. Yeah, we're exactly. like uh, we're like cereal but stickier. <laughs> I think that should be our new tagline. I agree. It it probably won't be. Start printing up T-shirts. Uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this whole Axonar thing, mm-hmm. which I read a really good article, and I'll try to link to this in the show notes if if I can find it again. This was a, a couple of months ago now. About okay, so Axonar, we talked about this uh, the one time when you came over here. I said you got to watch this trailer for this uh, for this fan film, and you're like, oh, really? Like, no, 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 this is good. And you're like, no, it's not. I've never I, seen a good. I've never seen a good fan movie. We've thing. seen we've seen some okay ones. We've seen okay ones, but like, yeah, no, go this, back and this, listen to that episode, and yeah, yeah, you will no, hear this, me visibly this, sighing. This was up uh, above and beyond like anything I'd seen. This this looked really good, yeah. and you agreed. Yeah. Like it looked fantastic. Also, the the trailer it was more of a featurette or something. It was like it was twenty sort of minutes like long. A, um, oh god, what the fuck did they call it? it was like a proof of concept video or something. Yeah, and it was it was done documentary style. And I don't know if the actual film is intended to be documentary style, but the, I hope it is. But this was great because it was like talking about a historic battle after the fact and interviewing everyone like you would on a mm. History Channel documentary or whatever. And like. I just that was a neat approach to Star Trek history. I yeah, think. something you'd never seen before. Yeah, which I'm all about. Like, let's do something different. That's that's really my Voyager fatigue is because they've settled into a pattern and they do the same stuff. And like, I love it when they mix it up and do something different. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, I, we've talked about this, I'm pretty sure. And most people probably already know uh, CBS or Paramount or whoever is shutting this down, threatening to sue them or, mm-hmm. or cease and desist. Or I don't I probably got the legal terminology wrong, but effectively the thing shut down. Yeah. And uh, there's what's interesting, though. Okay, the article that I read said they need to make this go away quick because it's the 50th anniversary. And any article about Star Trek's got to mention this in like the second or third paragraph. Like, yeah, 50th anniversary, new movie. Also this thing. And Mm -hmm. that's bad publicity. Oh, yeah. It's like you look at something like Star Wars, where even in Disney's hands, they encourage fans to make stuff. Oh, yeah. No, they love that crap because it's free publicity. Yeah, exactly. And George Lucas, for for all his faults, encouraged fans to like, like they had fan film uh, officially sanctioned fan film like uh, uh, competitions and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were all about that. They're, yeah, keep my thing going. That's how myths become myths is because people spread them around and talk about them. So mm-hmm. by all means, but Star Trek is like, okay, you can make cheap ones, but if you make a good one, then we're gonna shut you down. Yeah. I guess. I I don't know. I don't know. There's, don't there's so many. Make, don't you dare make anything better than what we're currently working on. Well, that's that's not very hard. I'm because they're not making anything. It's well, not even I mean, a dig. Well, and the last thing they made was Into Darkness, which is yeah. god awful. Ah, uh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay, I disagree. I think I think there's at least half a good movie in there. I think I'm mad at it because it. It tricked awful. me. No, it tricked me because it, it started you. good. It started good and then it, it took a turn. Whereas if it had just been bad the whole time, I'd be like, oh, that's disappointing. But it's it, it tricked me. Mm. Anyway, this article was talking about how like any any discussion of Star Trek, like what's going on with Star Trek right now is inevitably going to have to bring this up. And that's bad. Mm-hmm. But I was also reading and this might have been a separate article. And again, I'll try to find it, but I can't promise anything. But it'll be in the show notes of postatomichorror.com if I can find it. Um apparently the legal strategy of the Axonar guys, this is fucked up. Have I told you about this? Mm. 
Oh, okay. the um, the yes, go. Uh, okay, so CBS and Paramount are two companies owned by the same company or something, but they're separate. Yeah, it's one of those things where they got to keep them separate because of legal reasons or whatever. So the TV series is owned by CBS and the movies are Paramount. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one company is one, one company is the other. Don't don't write in and tell me I got them mixed up. I don't care. No. It, the, the point is they're separate. And the argument the Axonar guys are putting forth is, okay, but what is it? What is in dispute here is that we're making a a, a derivative work where we're borrowing concepts from your thing and making a new thing. Isn't that what uh, Paramount making Star Trek movies is doing with CBS's TV series? Uh, I, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want that to be right. Like, I don't want them to win on that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of like uh, just in pure mind puzzle terms. <laughs> that's like, wow. Yeah. Technically, those movies, which are owned by a different company, are derivative works of the TV series. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, okay. This could this could be a problem. It could be. Who knows? And maybe they shot that down. I read this a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. But, but that was a really that was a really interesting way to look at it. I thought mm-hmm. it was like okay, technically, and uh, more stuff that's come out of this. Um, I did read this the other day. Um, I so they the. Axonar guys, I don't know if this was a stall tactic or if it's a legitimate strategy, but they're like, okay, tell us what we're in violation of. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you stole these characters, you stole these situations, and you stole this imaginary language we made. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, you can't copyright a language. Really? Like even a pretend language. Oh my I, God, I, that's this, amazing. I didn't know this that. This is, again, I'll, I'll link to this. This was recent. I'd, be, I'd definitely be able to find this. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently something like a language cannot be copyrighted. Oh, man. That, and that was what they were hanging their whole argument on, as I recall. Mm, no, I, a lot of the headlines said that. Mm. But really, it's a whole list of stuff. The language is one of them. They could drop that from the list and it would still be, okay, the Federation and Constitution class starships mm. and these specific named characters from Enterprise. And, you know, like there's there's tons of stuff in there. Sure. So uh, they still don't have a leg to stand on. But one of the things that might come out of that is, that, sorry, you can't copyright a language. Oh. So it's it's just interesting to keep an eye on. And I, I'm in agreement with whoever said that this needs to go away quickly. But on the other hand, it's kind of interesting to watch. Well, yeah. So anyway, any any other sort of general Star Trekky stuff before I move on to the mail? Or? Not that I can think of. We usually kind of gloss through the like the expanded universe stuff. And you, yeah, you're, but you know, I haven't been reading anything. I know you said I, you were done with the, the New Frontier books. Finally. Yeah, I got burned by the New Frontier books. I'm done. Yeah, I'm fair. out. Fair enough. That, that being said, a new one hasn't been released to test me, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was a good piece on that on, from, uh, was it IO9? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, re, I, re, uh, I retumbled that or whatever about yeah. uh, the New Frontier novels and why they're good. I'm like, yeah, I agree with all of this uh, yeah. until I stop agreeing with all of this. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're great till they're not. Fair enough. That's, I mean, you know, any long-running series is kind of like that. Maybe mm. he should have just, like, cut it at, like, book no. 30. I mean, one. it has been going since 1997. Yeah. It's Which, been around the block a few times. Yep. I, I just, I mean, I'm a guy who gets a fair amount done, and I don't know how Peter David does it. Yeah. I mean, he puts out, what, one or two of those a year, plus everything else he does? hmm All the other comics and books and everything else he writes? Yep, plus he recently had a stroke, like... Jesus. Yeah. That's unfortunate. All right. So on that happy note, 
Let's move on to the mail. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Brewtown Andy. He Ooh. says, hello, gents. I'm slowly making my way through Voyager episodes, and I had two thoughts about the episode Prime Factors, a.k.a. the one where Fabio won't give Voyager the fancy transporter. Ah, yes. I'm glad. Yeah, anytime, uh, just a tip to anyone else when you're writing in. Uh, give us a quick reminder, because a lot of times these titles. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, w- w- what's this one about? But I totally remember the Fabio and the transporter one. So thanks, Andy. Uh, well, one. Why can't I have the fancy transporter? No, no, no. He's like, you, you can't have our fancy transporter, because uh, right. I'm in love with you, Captain Janway. Uh, Captain Janway. You're uh, my favorite captain. <laughs> one. Totally agree with you guys on the why is Janeway on the verge of tears thing after Fabio tells her to get lost. Mm -hmm. I would have expected Janeway to drop into, well, fuck that guy in that planet mode. Yep. (laughs) I agree. Uh, Two, maybe this will get covered at some point. Maybe you guys will bring it up between this episode and the present. But uh, when and where the hell is Neelix getting all his food from? If he's cooking for the whole crew and that's a ton of food, he has to be collecting somehow. Uh, there's no way this rinky-dink ship can keep up with Voyager, or his rinky-dink ship can keep up with Voyager. So they're really stopping at every inhabited world so Neelix can go shopping? Well, I mean, they're stopping everywhere where, where else so they can poke at anomalies, so yeah, we, probably. We've, we've seen them stop on a lot of planets to pick flowers and such, so, yep. so yeah, that has come up. Also, Neelix grows vegetables in the hydroponics bay. On, on himself? Yes, he grows them on himself. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, this is a, uh, this is number three, but he's numbered it too. So right. I don't know if that's number two, three. Yes. No, one, two, two. Uh, in your discussion of the Bolano Janeway relationship, Al said Janeway's the more advantaged upper class person taking in the orphan off the streets, cleaning them up and teaching them how to be a good person. Sure. Did I say that? Um, maybe. That's, uh, that's a pretty good observation there. Me of the past. Good work, me. <laughs> uh, Matt compared this to pretty woman, but I had a different thought. Doesn't this make Bolano Jason Todd to Janeway's Batman? Yes, actually. <laughs> so she was stealing the hubcaps off Voyager? Yep. And then, when, a, uh, <laughs> and then a Borg beats her to death with a crowbar. Because I called a 900 number. Don't yes, forget exactly. that part. <laughs> it's all my fault. Uh, please remember to deactivate this email when you're finished. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Adane, who has written in previously, said... You did indeed pronounce my name correctly, and it brings me joy because no one ever does. Hooray, we won. Jane Austen would be rolling in her grave if she knew of your mix-up. Oh, uh, this is when we, Jane Austen and Jane Eyre. Oh, yeah. She I don't literally. Know, I, don't, I don't read those books. No, me neither. My, my wife does, and I, yeah. No, my job is to openly mock those books. Yes, that's something, something, oh, Mr. Mr. Darcy. Yeah, uh, Mr. Darcy is uh-huh. all I really know. M- Mr. Darcy. Uh, she literally wrote a whole novel about why novels like Jane Eyre are dumb. And that mental image made me laugh. <laughs> On an unrelated note, I knit as a hobby and would love suggestions for pa-themed knitwear. Uh, you need to talk to my wife, who's asleep right now. Well, she also knits. What she wants is suggestions for us. Oh. Uh, from from us. Oh, uh, sweater. Yeah, but like with what on it? That's um, what I'm saying. Like, don't don't say something horrible like Neelix either. I mean, See, that would be now, fine. Now you're just going to say Neelix, aren't you? I kind of want to see, like, one of those ugly Christmas sweaters, but done in the style of, not Voyager, but things that have appeared on Pa. Oh, like, um... Like Pa in-jokes. Like, uh, uh, Armis. Yep. Groppler Zorn. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, my et cetera's. Mm. Um... I gotta tell you, I got tired of that after the third time we said it, and we're still saying it. Oh, yeah. 
That's just one of those things. So yep, any, found, any uh, listeners t- who feel like that, I'm sorry. Me too. You stumbled onto a uh, onto a, uh, a cultural touchstone. I I guess. I don't know. Like it's just every anytime I think about Neelix, it's it used to be like, oh man, that guy, and I was like, Ugh. like I'm not. It's not even funny anymore. It's just like, Ugh. just shows up and cavorts around, literally jigging. Yep. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, other other pa yeah. in jokes. Uh, Rom? Yes, Rom. Rom was a thing. Brother? I, I don't remember. Like, I have such a hard time remembering anything ever. Mm-hmm. I know we had uh, things we must have discussed because we've done 269 episodes, but yep. uh, I, hell if I remember. Mr. Hengus, there you go. Oh, how could yeah. I forget? Yes, that guy. So yeah, you know, just just go back through and, and maybe listen to like uh, some some previous episodes, or if or if you remember, mm-hmm. like just uh, knit some of. The, I mean, I'm sure that's easy, right? To knit like a, a super like detailed picture of a thing. Yeah, that, that's no problem. Or, it's super uh, easy, I assume. Or I don't know, knit yourself a triple. Yeah, that's fine. Also, yeah, probably easier. You just knit a ball, yeah. or you just like have a ball of yarn and then tell people you knitted a triple. Right. Or, but see, all you have to do is one, mm-hmm. and then you'll just have more and more and more. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Andrew, not Brutan Andy, a different Andrew. Uh, and he says, hi, Alan, Matt. In honor of the crossover comic between Green Lantern and Star Trek. Oh, yeah. I meant to read that. No, oh, I'm surprised you didn't. You usually read stuff like that. I haven't, like, bought single issues of a comic in years now. Like, ah, Fair enough. I see. I'm getting way, way back into comics right now via digital comics. Sure. So it's super easier to do that than you know mm-hmm. than it was in the past. So, uh, and he has sent this picture, which is uh, Chakotay making the same wood face for rage, greed, fear. Well, this is pretty good. I'm not doing it justice, but I will. I will post it. I feel like there's a joke in Chakotay being made of wood and wood being the only thing that can defeat the original Green Lantern, but I'm just not getting there. <laughs> I, yeah, I, cause, cause then you'd have to put effort into it. And when, when has effort and Robert Beltran ever happened in the same place? It's true. Uh, and, and he also has sent this, uh, white lantern Chakotay, which is this, is this a Starfleet uniform? I, this looks like something you'd wear when you paint. He's a painter. Yes, he's he's a painter. He's an owl exterminator. We're owl exterminators. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Chaos Ticket. All right. I'm guessing that might not be their real name. No, nope, definitely their given name. Their Christian name. Ah, uh, why am I so happy that two comments have been answered? I'm probably making them in the wrong place. Uh, if you're confused, I switched my real name to my internet username. I'm the poster formerly known as Nathaniel. If you don't get that reference, you're too young to have watched Star Trek on television. No, I, I do get that reference, and uh, Prince is dead now, so how yeah. do you feel about that? It's all your fault. Chaos oh, tickets. Uh, I remember that any time you made Commander Sisko's problem with numbers voice after the, after the first time I got irritated, it was because after that episode started it, it became a dark reminder that Sisko can have a silly script flaw instead of a dramatic flaw that makes a character interesting. Neelix's, oh no, my organs voice, on the other hand, keeps the character at least some kind of positive reminder. Janeway also has a silly voice, but I don't think she has a kind of catchphrase. Uh, no. I think going into Voyager, it was, uh, there's coffee in that nebula, but now, you know. Well, I mean, that happened one time and we moved on. Yeah. The thing is, we weren't expecting to like Janeway this much. Yeah, exactly. I just kind of. And now we do. Yeah. 
Uh, so what silly catchphrase would you give Captain Janeway? What about voices and catchphrases for the other Voyager characters like Tuvok or Chakotay? Oh, and Pa guys, remember as bad as Voyager is, uh, it's still a buffer before you get to Enterprise. Yeah, I'm I'm aware. <laughs> I want to see Janeway do every single uh, Simpsons catchphrase from that episode. <laughs> no. Woozle wuzzle. What kind of catchphrase is that? Is that what passes for entertainment now? Excellent. <laughs> no. Yeah, I um. Caramba. I, these Actually, things, I could totally buy the Janeway saying that. I cannot at all, but uh, you, you you go with that. <laughs> Captain the K's under approaching. Hi, caramba! <laughs> I don't have a cow, man. <laughs> I can picture that, too. I, these things have Every to happen organically. Writing on a chalkboard? Yeah. I will not I, go to the Delta Quadrant. I feel like these happen, have, usually have to happen organically, because, mm-hmm. like, I can't... I, I don't know, but now I'm just thinking about this whole Simpsons thing. And now I'm thinking of... Um, Tuvok as uh, Lord Thistlewick Flanders. Uh, oogly googly. Oogly googly. That's just delightful. Uh, and Chakotay doesn't deserve a catchphrase because no. he's just a block of wood. His catchphrase is like, I'm Chakotay. <laughs> I'm Bosk. <laughs> uh, no, I'm Bosk is a much better catchphrase than I'm Chakotay. Well, that has an ex- say it so enthusiastically. It has an exclamation point. Yeah, I'm Bosk. That's how you what know is- that guy is Bosk. Wasn't there on the uh, again back to classic Simpsons? Wasn't there a talking Al Gore doll that said like I am talking to you? You are hearing me talk. Yeah, that's that's your Chakotay right there. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking right now. Brian, uh, as a as a gift, gave gave us each uh, Voyager action figures, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he, he spent a fair amount of money to come out here. But uh, these gifts, eh, I don't know, thirty cents maybe. Yeah, yeah, fifty maybe. I don't know. <laughs> now these these are like mint in package, but so what? <laughs> but uh, you gotta I've, preserve my bar rodent. Yeah, you got an Elix, and I got a Chakotay, and I'm just thinking, man, we can put a string on the back of him and. And just make him say, like, you you are hearing me talk. Or, Catherine, no. Let me tell you the tale of Badger and Wallaby, <laughs> who went to party New Year's party at Crab's house. Badger, Mushroom, and Snake. <laughs> I mean, you know, by the 24th century, those are ancient legends, right? Like, oh, yeah. early internet memes, mm-hmm. I would assume. Badger, 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 Badger. <laughs> now I'm just picturing Chakotay doing that Badger dance. And uh, Janeway, mushroom, mushroom. Yep, totally. Fucking doctor comes in. The snake. Ooh, the snake. It's a snake. It's a snake. <laughs> Badger, Badger, Badger. Yeah, now that's stuck in my head forever. And now it's that's... stuck in your head too, people. Yep. So unless unless you uh, somehow are too young to remember that, which is totally possible because mm-hmm. people are young, and I will never be not freaked out by the fact that people are young. Badger, 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 Badger. <laughs> Now go watch Magical Trevor. I don't know that one. Uh, well, your wife does. All right. Next one comes from Deke, a longtime writer, Deke Winsome. Hey, Deke. I think, I think he wrote into the very first episode of Sarcastic Voyage like 100,000 years ago. I believe that is also true. Uh, he says, dear Voyager devotees. Oh, this is clearly misaddressed. Mm, that does, yeah, that doesn't sound like us. I think you want a uh, good Voyager podcast. <laughs> good Voyager podcast. Well, I don't I don't think anyone got as far, like, as far into Star Trek as, unless they started with Voyager. Mm. I don't think anyone got this far yet. So there aren't any. 
Uh, he says, as a longtime listener, I feel it's my responsibility to point out some obscure facts. All right. Voy- Voyager spelled backwards is Reg- Reg- Regiov. Voyager spelled backwards is Reg Barkley. Uh-huh. Which is the last name of Lieutenant Worf's adoptive cousins back on Earth. Mm-hmm. Also, Chris Pine has three cameo appearances in the fourth season of Voyager. I feel like that might not be true. Or if it is, it's because, like, Chris Pine was was a nothing actor at the time. Yeah, and probably, like, 12 years old. Yep. Uh, finally, Captain Janeway's name was originally going to be Beyonce Bobo, but it was also the original name for Cisco's mom. So mm-hmm. both shows wound up changing the name, and it was never used by anyone. Named after the ape character from the later MSTA seasons. <laughs> Just kidding, Worf doesn't have any cousins. How's that species 8472 working out for you? Love, Deke. Well, so far, so good. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, we'll... I kind of want to ride one. I, they yeah. look rideable. Kind of. Right? Just climb on the back. Yeah. Ride around. Trail I, off. I I guess. I don't really know. Badger, 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 badger. I got. I mean, I. I. The only animal I've ever like ridden on. I. I got on a pony like once when I was a kid, and mm. that like like I'm. I'm really not very like experienced in the like. Uh, uh, what do you call that? Like commanding the animal kingdom. Oh, um. I have no dominion over the animal over kingdom. The, that's over that's the, the beast word. of the field. Right, the beast of the field and jungle. Two of each. The biggest private zoo since Noah. There, we're back on track. Now. Xanadu. Uh, next one comes from Richard right. and he says Hello, Richard. So I, I noticed there was a character in the last Venture Brothers named Phineas Fage no Matt is this finally enough evidence for you to admit it's a word I no. mean what could be a better source of science than Team Venture no because it's a reference to the character to the real life person Phineas Gage is it yeah who's Phineas Gage Phineas Gage was that dude this is uh who um uh he worked as like a like a railroad uh uh builder guy like he oh. tamped down railroad spikes um the hell happened to his eye uh a, a railroad spike shot through it oh well. uh it went from it shot through the bottom of his head out the top of his head ah. he lived with a massive hole in his brain jesus for another 13 years and it like oh. it drastically changed his personality and was like it was like this huge thing about how the brain works yeah uh huh. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that. I, I know got about a th- your brain thing. I got a thing about brains, uh-huh. and that is, don't put a railroad spike through them. Uh, That's I'm, my I'm thing. I'm surprised you never, uh, never heard about this before. I may have, and probably blocked it out. Because ah! did you ever take 15 minutes of a psych class? Mm, yeah, in high school. Yeah, yeah. It's a like it's a beginner psych a psychology thing. Yeah. Although oh. I can understand if you uh, if you made a point of forgetting it ever existed. I probably yes. Uh, anyway, Phineas Fage is like is uh, he's got a, a Vincent Price type voice. Yes, that's why I remember him, mm-hmm. and and I'm always just like I'd never thought too much about the name because I'm always concentrating on the voice. Mm-hmm. Hello, which is also Sarah, Doctor Venture. Yes. Uh, next one comes from Bruton Andy again. Hi ho there, guys. While listening to episode two forty one and the discussion of state of flux and the mention of the not Seska guy having to clean out his desk, I had a thought. If Kirk and the Enterprise had been launched into the Delta Quadrant, what would Kirk have done with the female crew that he otherwise wouldn't have reassigned would have reassigned to the Hood? Ooh, good Ooh, question. That is a good question. I mean, he's a, he's a famous leave them behind on a planet guy. So yep, that would be my answer. That I, I would assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. That or like just have a deck that's like uh, you're assigned to deck twelve. Then there's a there's a force field that 
Pod you can't. six. You can't. Pod six is jerks. <laughs> we don't have a pro shop. <laughs> also, as a follow-up, would Kirk have had Tom Paris thrown out of an airlock for screwing up Kirk's chances with the Delaney sisters? Absolutely. Um, I just want to point out while we're on the topic, I just had it. I just had this vision of animated series Kirk driving around in a golf cart. Yes. And they're getting trapped under a vending machine. All that, all that C Lab stuff. Yep. And the Enterprise explodes at the end of every episode. Yep. <laughs> and he's he's usually wearing the Kirk as a jerk shirt. <laughs> you remember Kirk as a jerk, don't I you? I do remember that shirt. That's what that's what that person should knit. Knit me a oh, Kirk yeah. jerk shirt. Just a, a normal gold like Starfleet top, but it should say Kirk is a jerk on the back, like like the animated series. That's episode. a cosplay I really want to see. How, like, how has no one yep. how has no one ever done that? It's such an easy one. Yeah, it's fairly. I mean, you'd have to deface a, a uniform shirt, which aren't cheap. No, I guess that's true, but still. Plus, we only go to like big comic cons, which have some Star Trek guys. But I bet at a, at a Star Trek con, you might see something more mm. specific like that. I might do that for our next uh, for Emerald City next year. I think the Practical Joker was was the episode. Yes, if you want reference. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Danny. Uh, there are actually a few good holodeck episodes in season five where Paris does a 1930s Flash Gordon type series called Captain Proton. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, we've honestly. heard of this one and like, that's the kind of thing like I'm super excited for cause I love that kind of crap. Yeah. I, oh, me too. I got way into like uh pulp, mm. old pulp sci-fi. Uh, speaking of comics, there was a really good, uh, actually I got this on Brian's recommendation, a really good Flash Gordon, uh, comic not too long oh, ago. Oh, I've got that. That comic is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was done by Doc Shaner and uh, Jeff Parker. Yeah, that's that's the guy. And then there were also some from the same title, written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker from um, Thrilling Adventure Hour. Yeah, no, they did a bunch of those uh, Kings media. Like there's a um, like a Phantom and um, yeah, I'm not as into those, but but yeah, uh, Mandrake Prince the Magician, Valiant, which still no one read. Yeah, no one no. has read Prince Valiant in. Ever. ever, ever, just, just ever, yeah. Uh, that, that, it just still appears in comics because the 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 guy who writes it made a deal with the devil. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it's part of the package. If you want Flash Gordon and Mandrake the Magician and the Phantom, you you have to take uh, Prince Valiant. I, I guess. look at it and it's like, okay, half of this half of this comic strip is previously in Prince Valiant. The other half is next time on Prince Valiant. <laughs> That's what the old uh, the old uh, Spider-Man newspaper strip was yep. like. It was a three-panel strip, and one strip one one panel was previously, and one panel was next. So there, it would advance at one panel a day. Did you you re- I remember we talked about this. You read Spider Verse, right? The big Spider-Man crossover. I started, and then it got too complicated. Okay, but I, I read the first bit of it. There was one. There was a like. There's a th- like a three-page strip where the bad guys invade uh, the the the. The Daily Strip. Oh, God, that's fantastic. And they're just, the guy's just like, we just talked about this. Why are you telling me what you just said? (laughs) Oh, my God, does time move incredibly slowly in this universe? What's happening? Well, I've I've said this for research for Project I'm working on now. I've, I've watched a lot of soap operas, and there's a lot of, like, ending on a dramatic thing at the commercial break and then when you come back saying the exact same thing again and i i just i would love someone to say yes you just said that uh-huh. we've been sitting here for five minutes the vampires yeah when are we when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory just every every simpsons line huh yep 
Don't blame me, Chakotay. Eh? I voted for Kodos. In this case, the fireworks factory is Earth. <laughs> Kodos the executioner? That's not good. <laughs> Remember, we have a Kodos in this universe. That's where oh, he yeah. came from. Uh, this one comes from Alice. And Alice says, uh, greetings, fellow nerds. How come Voyager can't fly over or under swarm space? They talk about not being able to go around it because it would take too long. But space isn't a road. It's freaking space. Yep. They could fly up and down as well as side to side. Yep. Also, way back in the TOS episode, sexistly titled, Where No Man Has Gone Before, yep. we learn that the edge of the galaxy is surrounded by the galactic barrier, which prevents ships and radio transmissions from leaving the galaxy and turns Gary Mitchell and Dr. Elizabeth Daner into elitist dicks with superpowers. And silver eyes. Yeah. Also, in By Any Other Name, uh, we meet the Kelvins from the Andromeda Galaxy, who entered the Milky Way Galaxy through the barrier, which destroyed their ship. Mm -hmm. And that episode is revealed that the barrier that surrounds the Galactic Rim, implying that it does not envelop the vast northern and southern planes of the disc-shaped Milky Way Galaxy. Remember that the galaxy is relatively flat and disc-shaped, and space is three-dimensional. Therefore, shouldn't it be really easy to get in and out of the galaxy just by pointing your ship straight up or straight down? So you're you're picturing what, what she's saying. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, you would think so, but there's like a big old stop sign in the way, and you know you get up there and you're like, oh, you got to follow the rules. Yeah, I can't go any further. I, there used to be a cosmic crossing guard, mm-hmm. but uh, they're long dead, so there's just like a skeleton holding a stop sign forever. Yep, and then you just feel bad for him. You're like, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, not to mention the top and bottom of the disc are almost always way closer to you than the rim, unless you are on say Earth, which is actually really close to the galactic rim. Anyway, I hope my ramblings make sense. This has been bugging me. Well, I mean, Star Trek's always had a problem with three dimensions. Yeah. Always. Like, the, the fights are always so traditionally mm-hmm. uh, uh, standard. I mean, there, there was, at Emerald City, somebody had, um, somebody was selling some art about how ships in Star Trek always face each other. Mm-hmm. And they're never upside down. Like. Yeah, that's, and the, and the art was, like, realistically depicting, like, ships upside down or weird, you know, facing the wrong way mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, like... On different planes entirely, and that's that, that seems more likely. Mm-hmm. So I always I think know. of there was an episode in the original series um, where the Enterprise got taken over or broken or something, and it's like it's supposed to be floating in space, and they just put it upside down. Yeah, and it's just like, well, I mean, I get what you're trying to say, but I mean, there's no up in space, right? To which Star Trek replies, "Yes, it is, because look, he's upside down." Right. Well, I can't argue with that. Well no. done, Star Trek. No, and and the thing is, like, on a ship, there's obviously up and down, mm-hmm. and like inertial dampers keep everything straight, and like there's there's artificial gravity and all that. But yeah, out there, it, yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's also no sound in space. That's mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things. You just kind of have to buy into this is the style of the show, and that's mm-hmm. just what they do. Close and, enough to smell them, because smell also travels in spaces. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Ben and he says, Hey, did you guys know there is a DS nine fan club on Facebook? A few of the actors and crew are on there and they constantly post really cool behind the scenes stuff. It's well moderated, fairly interactive and content rich. Check it out. If you're not already familiar, I think you would like it. That's Uh, awesome. I'll give it a look. Yeah. I imagine that's where a lot of the cool, um, behind the scenes pictures I see on Tumblr come from. Could be. I, I, do you follow any particularly good tumblers? Like we've we've mentioned, uh, what's his name's quite a bit. Uh, that's a good one. Um, uh, what's his name? Classic, Kevin, it, uh, Kevin Church. Kevin Church's classic. Trek. They, they boldly went. Is that they boldly they went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I followed Tin Snips, which I think is a really good one. It's not just Star Trek, but it's a lot of good Star Trek stuff. Mm. Um, where's my tumbler? Hang on a sec. 
I don't like I I occasionally come across stuff and I'm pretty sure there's a few like friends of mine who know that I like posting ridiculous Star Trek stuff on the pod blog and yep. basically reblog it so I'll see it. Yep. I mean that's why I do it. Yeah. Uh, let's see Trek gifts. Well, and and you'll sometimes notice us post the same thing twice because Matt will see it earlier in the day and then I'll see it or whatever and not realize because I don't follow my own blog. I don't know what's on there. <laughs> yeah, Tin Snip is a great one. Ah. Very well. Uh, there's there's a few good like uh, uh, sources of um, of Trek stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this one comes from Ryan, All right. and he says, "I just listened to your most recent podcast. I thought it was my duty to chime in on your discussion of sacred ground. You know, the terrible episode where Kate goes on some sort of bullshit vision quest to save Kess. See again, I didn't remember sacred ground, but now I do. Yeah, no, we appreciate the uh... yeah the recaps. Yeah." Uh, you commented that maybe it would be good to have someone who's actually religious weigh in. As a man of faith myself, I thought I could perhaps do that. While I am a religious person, there are three things I am adamant about in my religion and all the others stay out of. Public schools, the government, and Star Trek. We appreciate that. While I'm sure other people of faith might disagree, I think your analysis was spot on. Science and religion don't mix. And the episode in question felt some ways like a very childish understanding of religion. Sit down, listen, and don't try too hard. Yeah. As someone who's read extensively on theology, that's crap. Not all religions are the same, but the highest level, mind demands questioning and debate. And it ex- expects doubt. DS9 got all that right. Voyager doesn't seem to have any idea what it's doing. You want to do a religion story, maybe you can do it with Chakotay. Keep it away from Janeway. Keep up the good work. Thank you, we will. Yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Like, I, I heard from a couple of people, actually. Because we I, I do remember when we covered that one and we said, is this just us? Because we're kind of biased as we're atheists. But... This this can't be good, right? No. And a couple of people spoke up on Twitter also and said, "Hey, yeah, you're you're right. That's that's pretty terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. That is the just so I'm on, I'm sure I'm on the right page here. That is the one where the correct answer was to sit in a cave with George Costanza's mother, right? Yes. Oh yeah, I was really mad about that one. Yeah, we both were. Ooh. Oh, in fact, here's someone else uh, chiming in on this. Oh, this good. Is David. Hello, David. David says. Uh, dear pals, Aww. that's uh, still a favorite. Perhaps little on Voyager pisses me off more than its treatment of religion and spirituality. I say little because Braga continues to be Braga. Your writing sure does blow my mind, Braga. But sure more does. In the, I, You're welcome. <laughs> more in the I can't believe they let you write kind of way. <laughs> Speaking of which, Bob, I think last time he was on the show mentioned he is Facebook friends with Braga. That's yeah, I saw that. Not great. Like, not, not, I, I'm not judging if he wants to be friends with him, that's fine, but I'm saying not great because we're one step away from him seeing what we say about him. Oh, this Bob Tiki guy seems to know what the deal is. I wonder who his friends are. Hey! This guy keeps promoting a Star Trek podcast. Let me have a list. Hey! This guy uh, just blew my mind! David continues, seriously though, from the white man pastiche of an American Indian called Chuck to that stupid science-hating religion planet, I'm pissed and I'm talking as a man of faith himself. Mm. Can I give a bad thing in a letter? Yes. I'm, I'm going to give you a bad thing about the series thus far. To me, religion must be questioned, studied, and examined. Though it frightens me when religious people stop asking questions and it angers me when their leaders take advantage of their willful ignorance, I'm insulted by people who wear spirituality like a fashion statement. To them, spirituality is all flash and no depth. American Indian beliefs, raven wings, mm-hmm. peyote spirit quests, Christianity, incense, weird hats, homophobes. <laughs> Understandable, they throw alien religions into the same broth. So, Voyager, shut up about religion. Your bland spiritual mumbo-jumbo is insulting to people who actually try to turn on their brains when pondering God, not to mention the atheists that might also like your show. 
I'm yeah, glad. I'm, I'm glad that we're not just speaking for our our viewpoint. Like I'm yes. glad that other people see what we're saying. People with differing well. views. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it's insulting. Like again, Star Trek has dealt with uh, religion in in Deep Space Nine, and I think most people agree that was done fairly well. I yeah, exactly. That but, like that is a show that would continuously fascinate me with its use of religion. You know, and you and I both, I think, were reluctant to watch that show. Ugh, really, it deals with the space religion. Oh, space good. religion and yeah, space politics and Bajorans, who I'm already sick of on TNG. Yeah, I was, or I was at the time. Like, yeah, you know. that's fair. I liked Ensign Row. Well, yeah. But, yeah. I didn't need a series devoted to her. Mm, I kind of did. I mean, if you I, almost got it. Like, If I wasn't getting a, su- a series devoted to Susie Plaxon, that was the next best. <clears throat> I'm never going to get that, am I? You need, to, you need to pick more common characters to have crushes on. I got, like, I got, like, seven seasons of Kira. Yeah, but that's the thing, is, like, I get crushes on, like, if I have to see them every week, I get sick of them. Oh, I could never get sick of Kira. She's wonderful. That's fair. Mm. Plus, you got Mirror Kira. Yeah. Which is still fun to say. <laughs> mirror Kira. <laughs> the rural juror. The only, the only better way to say that is to say it in a Homestar Runner voice. Mirror Kira. Hey, strong bad. I'm watching the Mirror Kira. Speaking of comics again, every time I, mean, I try to say school goal, I have to say it in a home star voice. I cannot say that that title at all. School talk goal. about school goal. Mill <laughs> like school goal. I got Google Glass. Google Glass. Shut up, Mozypan. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Matthew. And Matthew. It says also the most '90s thing about Future's End was Paris's mom jeans. Yeah, was <laughs> yeah it was. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Oh, uh, this one comes from Deke. Dear Star Trek men, is that us? Are we Star I'll take, Trek men? Yeah, we can be Star Trek men as we long st- as we're not as long as we're not the Star Trek version of that TV show comic book men, which I hate. Uh, okay, what is that? It's Kevin Smith's friends. Uh, sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> you said Kevin Smith, and that was uh. no. It's worse than Kevin Smith. It's Kevin Smith's friends. Are they famous for being Kevin Smith's friends? Yes, they are. They're like two of the guys from fucking Mallrats. Oh, man. Who never did anything else. Uh, Literally, in one case. Come on, culture. Yeah, no. And Do better. Into its, like, fifth season, because they put it up after The Walking Dead, so everyone watches it. I thought Talking Dead was on after Walking Dead. Oh, maybe. It's in there somewhere. Maybe they play, where, it, maybe they play it during the commercials. Where, uh, uh, what's his name? Nerdist guy. Uh, Chris. Chris Harddick. Thank you. I, I wanted to say, uh, I, I was going through all Chris's that were definitely not him. Chris Hemsworth? No. Chris Tucker? No. It's like, Al, Chris half, Cross? The Chris, half the Chris's you've named are characters in uh, Marvel movies. Well, so they are. Chris Cross? Mm, I'm going to jump, jump. <laughs> they will make Batrock the Leaper jump, jump. <laughs> the Leaper. Uh, but I, I like to think that we began this voyage as Star Trek boys, and now we have become Star Trek men. Yes. Uh, Deke says, I really admire you guys for staying with this show through all the laughs and tears. So do we. tears. We admire ourselves. (laughs) I guess this is where I ask a question about something interesting in Voyager. But since I can't think of anything, I'll ask about another subject of my admiration. Al Spacebeard. Mm. Thinking of growing one of those bad boys myself so I can have a Will Nails Tom Riker awesomeness that I can use to intimidate Romulans or seduce Orion slave girls. Just a space beard and a raised leg. That's all you really need. It's true. The thing is, my wife and or girlfriend doesn't like beards, even space beards. So here's my question. Do you have any advice for growing a beard? Ahem, I mean, a space beard in secret? I, 
I don't really know about a stealth beard, Deke. I, I, when I was, uh, when I was growing the beard for about six seconds, uh, earlier this year. You just, you have no focus is the thing. You started growing a beard and, oh, this is itchy and sweaty. I quit. Yeah, it was gross. But I had, I had a dream though of my mom coming to visit. Like I hadn't been home in like five months or something. Mm. And I had a dream of having my mom come to visit and just opening the door with a full beard. <laughs> yeah, you would have the beard, not your mom. Yes. Okay. The I way mean, that sentence. I guess sentence, you could have one too. But the way that sentence sounded mm. is like maybe maybe she was the one with the beard. Mm. I mean, I would be surprised. Yeah. I mean, me too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would that would be a fun like shock yeah. thing. Uh, but, we like to, all, related to that. We were looking at uh, me having one and you not having one for Emerald City. That would blow everyone's minds. But uh, beards are hard. They're not. Beards are hard for me. Okay, mine mine took from like from completely smooth shaved for the con back to completely normal ten days. Yeah, yeah. It's just I I my hair grows. Sir. At ten days, my uh, I had um, stubble. Yeah, I mean you you. Got some good stubble. You wear stubble well. Uh-huh, but then it doesn't do anything. Like, it just sits on my face. Like, yeah. it doesn't become a beard. It just sort of stubbles. I've got, like, that... I've got that daredevil beard. But, see, that's a good look for you. Oh, like, yeah. I, I completely smooth-faced. I think you look kind of baby-facey. Mm-hmm. But with the, with the like, the, the permanent 5 o'clock shadow is a pretty good look for you. Oh, yeah? So just, just keep that, I, I would Tell say. me how else I look handsome. I, I, well, at your wedding, when you actually, like, put on something that wasn't a t-shirt, you, you look pretty good. All right. Want something else? Probably got something else. <laughs> like, I could just compliment you if you like. Yeah, that sounds good. You were, you were, like, you were, you were bluffing me, weren't you? Or you, you were calling handsome my bluff. Man. Yes. But it wasn't, you know. No. Uh, I spent pretty. a lot of time with you, Matt. I can tell you the times when you look good and when you don't look good. Because there are those times, too, but I, I won't. Do In that. fact, I will actively tell you when you don't look good, Matt. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Deke again says, I saw this at my local library and thought of you guys. Is there an address I can send this to? And it's a book called Starfleet Academy Worf's First Adventure. I had that book. Uh, That's a Peter David book. Oh, so it is. So it is. I no, it was like the, no. I mean, because he, he took a picture of it. I I couldn't see that on the cover at first, but yeah, I see that now. Oh man, I would love to read that again. Well, he just got it from his library for twenty five cents. So uh, if if you want, we could send him your address. And... Yeah, that would be fine. <laughs> I mean, you work in the biggest bookstore in in the country. You could easily just probably find this across the you know across the store. I mean, yes, but there's something to be said about getting mail from people. Ah, uh, that's fair. That is totally fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one comes from your wife, oh. who probably wrote this as she was watching a Voyager episode with you. Almost definitely. And said, why aren't there any Puerto Ricans on a Star Trek? A you really mean Progress question. Island, USA? Yes. Puerto Rico. No, I actually, I saw this email because she wrote this uh, about a month or month and a half ago. Yep. And I, I, I checked them out regularly. So I, like, I've, I've been thinking about this. Not only are there, as far as I know, no prominent Puerto Ricans, there are no prominent Hispanic like Latino characters of any kind. No. Like I, I can't think of one in a main, like in a main capacity or even from like a supporting capacity. Like that's the thing. I can't, I, there might be some I'm not thinking of, Yeah, but I can't think of any Mexican, central South American, Caribbean, even Spain, Spanish. Mm-hmm. Can't think of a single one. Just 
like and that's that i mean for for a show that's tried its best to be inclusive of all cultures that's a pretty large percentage they haven't represented yep the star trek does not pass the villalobos test <laughs> isn't that ramon villalobos's uh yep criteria uh, that he applies to things that isn't that specifically just mexicans though uh possibly but uh, i mean it's true that is true i mean there's mexican scotty i guess <laughs> yeah but we made him <laughs> specifically bob made him <laughs> that's true also he's he's on the same list as speedy gonzalez about characters we probably shouldn't uh, actually talk about <laughs> probably a little bit racist um, no, I mean, I, I mean, Chicote's Central American, like they said, his tribe is from Central America, but not like they, they, they aren't like Latino. They aren't uh. part of that whole, you know, culture. They're, they're part of like native culture. That's a whole different thing. So that's a very good point now. That is, you know, yeah. I mean, also there've been very few like Indian slash Pakistani slash that whole region either. No. Like I, I was thinking about that too. Like. We've got a lot of the white people areas represented, like France and Russia. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, like most television shows. Yeah, but Star Trek always represents itself as being progressive. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets so much, like, they pat themselves on the back all the time for being inclusive, but they're they're not. Only about the things that they're willing to be inclusive about. Yeah, I mean, to, to date, uh, watching In Order, as we're two-thirds of the way through all of Star Trek, or probably more, mm-hmm. there's still no open acknowledgement of homosexuality. Yeah. Like, none. Not one. Not even a, a quick, like, oh, yeah, those two boys are dating. Nope. Nothing. Not a thing. They put they put uh, Trek care they put men in dresses before they would put men, before they would let men date. Yep. Because let's go back to, like, original TNG, uh, the uh, the skirt uniform. The oh, the scant. Uniform. Yeah, the scant. Which just sounds lewd anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not good. No, we're not impressed. Nope. Uh, let's see. John Wiggins says, uh, Neelix pun. Considering how furry he is, would you say he's a pet-ophile? No. I would not. Uh, Chris writes in and says, Alan Matt, found your show from a Mike Fahey article on Kotaku. Yeah, still, still so thankful that guy yeah, did that. thanks, Mike. Yeah. We love you. Yeah, really. Uh, I started listening while me and my wife were on vacation at Disney back in February. She was seven months pregnant at the time, so I did a lot of waiting in line for her while she sat down, mm. and your show kept me from losing my mind. I, I thought that, when you were pregnant, you got to skip the line at Disneyland. I guess not. I thought so, too. I guess not. I guess she had to sit it out, and he had to wait for her. Which is good on him. Yeah, I good, went, uh, good husband. I went with a friend, like with another family we were friends with, and on the second day, their husband, the the husband, fucking like ruined his leg surfing, mm-hmm. and for the rest of the trip, we just like he was in a wheelchair, so we just got to skip to the front of the line on all rides, and it was the best. There was oh, there was a Brooklyn Nine Nine did mm-hmm. one where uh, somebody was pretending to be pregnant and. So, no, no, I'm not pregnant. And then, but you get to go to the front of the light. Yes, of course I'm pregnant. I'm very pregnant. Yeah. Uh, he goes on, just listen to your fair trade alter ego show. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to write in to assure you that the third season of Voyager is by far the worst, at least in my opinion. But this is the internet, so I will state it as a fact. Uh, we will back up that fact. I mean, we can't say that until we're done. It I, could get way worse. But okay, so well, far, we, yes. It's definitely, we talked about this, it's definitely the worst season of Trek so far. Absolutely it is. Uh, I just figured someone needed to tell you it gets better because you guys are starting to sound like you might need suicide watch. We're, we're, we're a little, we're getting a little beaten. 
I, yeah, and the, the here's the here's the real like no kidding the real thing. It's like I'm running out of ways to complain about the same stuff. Mm-hmm. If it just would make if it was bad in a different way every week, that would could at least be funny. Mm-hmm. Like you know how Mystery Science Theater would do like a a crazy teen juvenile delinquent movie, and then like a, an old sci fi movie, and then like a western. Like they're all bad, but they're bad in different ways. Yeah, there's variation. Yeah, but this is the bad basically the same way every week. There's a little bit of variation, but not much. And that's just like, as a comedy guy, it's hard to make jokes about the same thing in different ways every week. And I'm positive I've made the same jokes a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I want to mix it up, but I... Ah. I just can't. Yeah. So that that's really what it is. It's not even that the show is bad. I've been thinking about this a lot because Bob said it's just, it's not that bad. And, like, I, I'm not as upset about it as you are. And, like, I thought about it a lot when he said that. Mm-hmm. And, okay, you're right. It's it's pretty mediocre. It's not actually that bad. It bugs me because I got nothing to work with. Yeah. That's what, like, Bob in particular, like, just, just to respond to that. Mm-hmm. I, like, I've been thinking about it. He was on weeks ago. And I've just been thinking about it the whole time. Well, how come it bugs me more than it bugs him? It's because I got to do this every week. Yeah. He, he's only got to make jokes about it every three months. Mm-hmm. I got to do it every week. And I'm just running out of stuff. It's doing the same. It's circling the drain. Anyway, uh, Chris continues. You guys also joked about the Borg assimilating other species. I know I'm a huge nerd because I know there's a Star Trek comic about the Borg attacking a mining colony and getting their ass handed to them by the Horda. That's pretty cool. There's a strange new world story about the Borg assimilating a Tribble. The Tribble cooing causes the drone to feel happy, which causes the collective to blow the cube up. (laughs) It's as stupid as it sounds. That's actually kind of great. It's called The Trouble with Borg Tribbles, and I wish I could unread it. Oh, well, that's that, a terrible that's, title, though. That's not a recommendation, yeah. Uh, and yes, there's an actual canon mention of the Borg and Kazon by Seven of Nine, but I won't spoil it. Something about the Borg being pissed when they get back to their cube and the Kazon have stolen the hubcaps. <laughs> I love the show. You guys never fail to make me laugh. Keep up the good work. Well, well thanks, thank man. you. I do, I legitimately, as a podcaster, not specifically on this show, but uh, like any shows we've done, I love the testimonials of... You guys help me on my commute. You guys help. Like the specificity of I had to stand in line at Disneyland for a long time. And okay, yeah, you're on vacation. You're at Disneyland. But still, standing in line waiting for stuff in the probably the hot sun. Standing in line at Disneyland sucks because like, I mean, they do their best, but you're still like, I could be on rides right now. Yeah, exactly. And you spend half your time waiting for cool stuff to happen Mm -hmm. instead of it actually happening. So I can appreciate, you know. I mean, but again, it sounds a little privileged. Oh, I suffered because I was at Disneyland. Yeah, well, no, yeah, but still, it. you paid a lot of money to be there and you're not doing anything fun. Yeah, it ain't cheap and you got to stand in the hot sun. Yeah. And you probably have limited fuck. vacation time. You probably only got a few days, maybe a week, and you want to maximize that, you know? Fucking great. Here comes Goofy again. What do you want, Goofy? Leave me oh, alone. You're going to say Garsh? That's, that's, that's fantastic. Leave me alone. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get on uh, Splash Mountain here. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from David Anderson and it's just a, it's a, uh, an image he's made. It's called ways to make Voyager better. Right. And it's an image of Neelix floating out in space dead as the ship takes off. That's a good one. I I like that. We will share that in the show notes. It's what we call a Battlestar Galactica exit. Yeah, exactly. Um, this one comes from John Wiggins. Uh, so Gene Roddenberry was a policeman. Yes. Shatner was TJ Hooker. JLP Uh had his Dixon Hill. Avery Brooks was Hawk, who helped the police, if not directly. And now even Archer works for the government in NCIS New Orleans. Mm -hmm. My question is, uh, I can't help but see a lack of Janeway taking up the old private dick police person. Uh 
Did Mulgrew have some distaste for the police, or have I missed something? Yes, you have missed something. You have indeed missed something. She was Mrs. Columbo. She was. Which, apparently, I I probably mentioned this on the show already. After season one of that, they apparently had to stop calling her Mrs. Columbo for probably legal reasons or something. Really? And so they just started calling her Kate. Okay. Wait, Hang on, so let is me... she one of those actors that never plays people who aren't named Kate? I, it could be. Is like she Tony, like the Tony, like Tony Danza of Star yeah. Trek? Here's an interesting thing. Um, I was uh, Broad City, the current season of Broad City. Actually, Great I think show. it's over now. Yeah, it is a fantastic show. I love it. Um, uh, spoilers, I guess. Tony Danza plays um, uh, uh, Abby's dad. Oh no, kidding! And he's all like, he's all scrawny now. Is weird. Is he really? Like not not like sickly looking, but, but just like not not beefy. Yeah, not cut anymore. Oh wow. I don't know if he got sick or just got old, but, like, what what happened, man? You want to see hear something weird? I think he got into teaching for a while. Huh. There was a there was a book when I used to work at Chapters. There was a book uh, written by him that was all about, like, teaching. Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess he got super into teaching. I mean, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Teaching acting or just No, teaching? no. Teaching. Like, children. Like, teaching huh. children. Huh. Okay, so Mrs. Columbo, a spinoff TV series starring Kate Mulgrew, aired in 1979 and was canceled after only 13 episodes. Due to the negative critical and public reaction of the show, the producers made changes to Mrs. Columbo almost immediately. The spinoff was renamed Kate Columbo, followed by Kate the Detective, and finally Kate Loves a Mystery. Kate the the Detective? The main character was likewise renamed Kate Callahan. All references and ties to the original Columbo show were dropped. After this, a reference was made to the show in the show to Kate's divorce. The character was no longer Mrs. Columbo, nor was she meant to have any connection with him at all. Hmm. So I knew I had read that somewhere. But in, in any case... That's a terrible title. It's, it sure is. And the fact that it only aired for 13 episodes and had four different titles in that period mm-hmm. kind of tells you something. Kate Loves a Mystery is a little better, but Kate the Detective, that's garbage. Nah, Kate Loves a Mystery is still pretty What are we going to call this detective show starring Kate? Uh, I don't know. Does she love mysteries? <laughs> I mean, she's not against them. All right. <laughs> Can we call it Murder Kate Wrote? <laughs> well, I don't think that had been invented yet. <laughs> so then, yes, they could call it that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Danny says they actually do the Pond Far story with Tuvok in season seven, mm. uh, but it's just a small B plot and it ignores the mind melt part. And he takes some medication and goes with a hologram of his wife. The main plot is Freaky Friday with Seven and the Doctor, and it's more of a comedy episode. Mm, all right. I don't really love brain swap episodes, but... Eh. I mean, I do if they're stupid enough. I, I'm just thinking Turnabout Intruder. Oh, yeah, that one wasn't stupid enough. Yeah. The Doctor mentioning a study on alien mating habits happens in Season 5, Episode 22, Someone to Watch Over Me, where he's teaching Seven of Nine about dating, and a slideshow is called Love Amid the Stars. <clears throat> Voyager kind of becomes the Doctor and Seven of Nine show by the end. I'm, I mean, I haven't seen her yet, but from what I've told, that's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, look, the less time we spend with, uh, you know, Chuck and Special Boy, the better. You're talking about our Special Boy? Our Special Boy. Yeah, he's so special. He's the littlest, specialist boy. God, I hate him so much. <laughs> I really Here turned. comes good old Harry Kim. <laughs> good old, reliable Harry Kim. How I hate him. <laughs> uh, that's oh, still fuck. one of the legitimately funniest things. Peanuts really hit the ground running. That was strip one. Yep. If you ever if you ever think Peanuts is kind of schmaltzy and kind of a like, you know, the Snoopy and Woodstock cutesy. No, no. There's some there's some darkness in there, man. And I love it. Uh, this one comes from Zach. And he okay. says, 
Hi, guys. I'm not Hi, up to date as to where you guys are on the podcast at this point because I don't like to listen to the new stuff as I, if I haven't heard the old stuff. Hi, you're one of those people. Mm-hmm. I, I started, I, we'd like to apologize for the early episodes. You'd like to apologize for the man trap once again. I sure would. We're doing a special edition of that episode one day. Mm-hmm. I promise. We will We will do a redo. We're not going to take the old one away. No, but we're... But we'll I, offer people the choice. Like, yeah. here, listen to a better version of this if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started with Next Gen because I just couldn't get into the original series. Yeah, but we're making jokes about it. Yeah. And maybe our enthusiasm will convince you to give it a try. Yeah. Fucking uh, I love- go watch the Doomsday Machine. Yeah. If that or, doesn't do uh, it for you, you know. Or the Tholian Web. Yeah. I love your podcast. I listen to it pretty much all the time. I'm listening to you discuss the third season of DS9. A couple weeks ago, I heard your episode from Move Along Home. Just happened to rewatch the episode a few days ago and found myself crying my eyes out when I watch it. You see, a former co-worker of mine just passed away, and when I went to his funeral, they kept talking about him going home. It just hit me at what it was saying. I saw the episode in a new light. It will most likely be one of my favorite episodes, thanks to those memories. I just want to give you guys a different perspective on the episode. All right. Keep trekking on. See what I did there. I can't wait to hear your take on Voyager once I get there. Well, you might want to go back and uh, watch the original series instead. Yeah, you can't. You can't listen to a podcast unless you've heard all the episodes, right? Yeah. That's how that works. Uh-huh. Uh, Isle this Marine, one comes from John one, two, Wiggins. Three. What's that? Isle of Moraine, one, two, three. Is that, was that Move Along Home? That's Move Along Home, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I haven't thought about that in a while. <laughs> Never want to think about it again. Um, John Wiggins says... Remembering one's birth, it's a thing. So not only does Harry remember and loves his mother's womb, Kess does as well? Is yeah, this apparently. a thing now? I guess so. Does does that mean Chakotay remembers when he was just a sapling, or Neelix remembers when... No, let's not go there. <clears throat> I, I guess that is definitely... That has come up more than once. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to think about... like, And this isn't a, like a... a Great white dude sexist. I don't want to think about wombs thing. I just I don't want to think about wombs. I no. I do think uh, you know Kess and Harry would have something to talk about if you know Harry wasn't actively the reason that Kess had to leave the show. Yeah. No, hey, do you want to be... talk about wombs? I do not. I don't want to talk about anything with you. Thank you. Good day. You jerk. Yeah. Uh, don't blame I'm not a him. Jerk. I'm a special boy. Blame, blame Tiger Beat Magazine or whatever it was. Oh, you should leave the show. You're not sexy enough. Yeah. Where are the sexy women I was promised? <laughs> and where are the pictures I was supposed to see? <laughs> How I hate the him. The pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, this one comes from... Oh, actually, there was an email correcting my pronunciation of this, so let me oh. look at this first. Or I'm just going to stall very badly here while I look this up. Ah, here we go. I, I pronounced this guy's name Mikolaj, and yeah. this uh, this email from Rod Tanzel says uh, he's a little shy about correcting people, so I'll do it for him. His name is pronounced like Nikolai, like it, it rhymes with Nikolai. Oh, okay, so... so M- Mikolai. Mikolai, okay. Sorry Something about that. like, hopefully I'm saying that correctly now. If not, please feel I, free to correct me. Do yeah, not no. be nervous or... That's or, not a like, thing we're going to get mad about. I don't want you to correct me about Voyager crap, because I don't care about that, but no, I want to say your name correctly. Y- that Your name is important. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Um, Actually, I think it is, because... Uh, it looks like there's sort of an anglicized version of his name in his email address, and it says Nicholas. So it's probably mm. Nic- Nicola. Mm. So hopefully I got that right this time. Dear Matt and Al, Hi. Neelix is great. Oh, really? We just respected you for a full minute, and you say Neelix is great? Mm. Because he happened in the 90s. Everything that happened in the 90s was great. 
Here's a list of other things that were great because they happened in the 90s. The Gulf Wars, Rwanda, Columbine, Deadly Games, The Death of Princess Diana, and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> All that in a bag of chips, Nikolai. Okay, that really picked up steam at the end there. <laughs> I would say that uh, I would say that Neelix is at least as bad as the death of Princess Diana. At least, although uh, thankfully, Sir Elton Hercules John never did a song about Neelix, as far as I know. Need Neelix in the wind? <laughs> no, I do not mean that. Your hair cake to... burned out long ago. I do not need to Your think about Neelix's wind. Will. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Brutan Andy. I remember when Kess was young. I, I really don't like Elton John. I know you don't. This is this is my like the dude from the Big Lebowski's version of the Eagles. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't fucking like Elton John, all right, man. <laughs> I think I've told this story. Like, I had XM radio for a while. Like, in back when that was a thing, is that still a thing? I believe so. Yes. I don't know, but in, in the, like the early OOS, um, I had uh, XM and. I, I was listening to the classic rock station, and it's great. It's like, oh, Rolling Stones, oh, The Doors, The Beatles, The Who. Who the fuck is this? Oh, it's Elton John. And every time it would be like, <laughs> I'd really be grooving, and then like there'd be some horrible thing that would just interrupt that, and I'd go check, and every single time it was Elton John. It just doesn't fit. It's just not as good mm-hmm. as all the other stuff. It's just not good is, is what I want to say. Well, it's bad. I disagree with your opinion, but I respect it. That's he's like the Billy Joel of also being bad. Yeah, but I like Billy Joel too. Uh, really, the piano man. Yeah. All right. Making That's... love to his tonic and gin, Al. Oh God. It's a thing. Who says say. tonic and gin? Uh, Wasn't there a whole stand-up thing about that? I believe it was a Paul of Tompkins. Thing. I was gonna say it feels like a Paul of Tompkins. What the hell is a real estate novelist? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Gonna give me a heart attack. Ah, gah, gah, gah. <laughs> this one comes from Brewtown Andy. Next Hello, chaps. From an Italian cafe. What? Next up, scenes from an Italian restaurant. No, thank you. Uh, still slowly working my way through the backlog of Voyager episodes. Y'all are enjoyable company while I go on my zombie runs. Hmm. Anyway, I'm listening to episode 247 with the season two show where Neelix and Paris get stranded and raise a dinosaur or whatever. <laughs> you yep. guys. Talked about liking the bit about Harry saving up his replicator rations in order to make a clarinet. Uh Uh-huh. While the ongoing thread of only so much replicator juice is great, why doesn't Harry just use the holodeck to play the clarinet? Forget about the fact that he could have used the rations on something that wasn't Neelix's hair food. He's eventually just going to have to replicate more very real reeds for his very real clarinet. That's a very good point. If Janeway and Paris can keep using the holodeck for their interactive porn, it seems like Harry should be able to pop in the occasional clarinet session with famous clarinetists like Woody Allen or Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Make mine marvel, Brewtown Andy. <laughs> I, or Destro and the Baroness, that's the other one. I, was, yes. I knew there were other famous clarinetists. I, I, I really, from now on, want Woody Allen to be described as famous clarinetist Woody Allen. I mean, given the other things he's famous for? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if if the one horrible, horrible thing he did has to, like, cancel out his comedy, then what's left? Well, yes. I mean, if we can't describe him as famous jailbird, Woody Allen. He's not a jailbird. No, I'm saying he should, if he can't be because he has not gone right. to jail. No, there should be a whole jail for creepy comedians like mm-hmm. him and Bill Cosby. Yep. People I used to respect jail is what it would be called. Right? 
I mean, I never respected Woody Allen, but uh, I the thing is, I think you would genuinely enjoy his early films. Like his first yeah, five or ten movies are really funny. And uh, it's the space one. Um, uh, I don't know. He did a sci-fi one called Sleeper. That's the one. Thank you. It's not a space one though. No. It's like a future one. Um, uh, what what's up, Tiger Lily? Was also really good. That's sort of the proto mystery science theater. Mm. Like he redubbed an old an old movie like with funny dialogue. And I, there's a bunch of good ones. Um, uh, Take the Money and Run. Like, anything he did before about 1980, like before he discovered Diane Keaton and started doing stupid, neurotic, romantic comedies. Oh, and he started, like, this will be another movie about a guy who's Woody Allen dating a much younger woman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, when he... He's he, like he, the fucking... Uh, <laughs> oh, God. He's like the Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Just sitting around making... Oh. Thing I like about making movies... Oh yeah. I keep getting older, they stay the same age. Uh, yes, all right, do. all right, all right. <laughs> no, I can't really do it, Woody Allen. Also, anyway. you should also watch True Detective Season 1. <laughs> oh, um, uh, Purple Rose of Cairo was a bit after that, but I actually quite like that mm-hmm. one, too. He, he did some, like, funny movies. That was uh, the a movie is, character walks out of the movie screen and, like, is real. That's a, see, the thing is, like, at this point, like, I no, at this I point, you just see them. Like, yeah, I, I understand, and you shouldn't. I mean, in fairness, I got them, like, from Netflix that I was paying for, and, it, like, he didn't get any of my money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's still, like, still, I, t- I totally respect yeah. that. But I, I really did like his earlier movies, just like I was a huge early Bill Cosby fan. Mm-hmm. Right no, that that I was. Like, I yeah. fucking had a ton of his his. No, TVs. we talked about that at length. Yeah. His early stand-up. I mean, himself is one of the best hours of stand-up I've ever seen, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, dude. You're, you're a creep. You're a fucking monster, it turns yeah. out. Now, do you watch Roman Polanski movies? Uh, not anymore. Okay. That's, That's the problem, because I fucking love Chinatown and Rosemary's I, Baby. And I figured you probably did. Can't watch him anymore, because he's a fucking monster. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, and I agree that that's a good thing. But on the other hand, if he's not, like, if he's not getting your money, mm-hmm. then what's the difference? How does he even know you're watching it? That's you know true. what I mean? Like, don't buy the DVD. But if it's on TV or if it's already on Netflix that you're already paying for or something, yeah. then I I mean that's that's where I draw the line. I feel like it's up to you to draw the line. Yeah, it's a weird area too. You yeah, know? like I definitely don't think he deserves your money for sure. No, it's like I stopped buying John Byrne comics because he's a piece of shit. Is he really? Oh man, he is such a piece of shit. Is he just a jerk to people, or is he he's actually? A, well, he's a jerk to people, and he's like an he like uh, he's got a whole thing about how trans people aren't real. Like, oh, whatever, he's one of those, which is just like, oh fuck you. Well, I almost picked up his terrible Fumetti Star oh, Trek comics. Oh, but, don't. Uh, do not. Okay. I, uh, like, the first one that came out like a year or two ago I checked out. Um, mm-hmm. Terrible. Just, hor- like, the the, the 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 actual script is bad enough. Mm-hmm. But he also apparently has no idea how to use Photoshop, so the Fumetti is, like, terrible. Oh, and for those of you who don't know, that's a photo comic. Yeah, the the there used to be like the, the those photo like uh these old Trek uh Fumetti adaptations of episodes. They were a huge thing back in the seventies or something. Mm-hmm. But these are new episodes that he's making with with old existing pictures. Yeah, no, they're just the mo the hottest of hot garbage. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh plus yeah, don't support that guy. No. Uh this one comes from Rod Tanzal and he says, Dear Alan Matt Neelix exists because Tuvok needed someone to strangle in the holodeck. (laughs) 
Never mind, that only justifies the need for violent video games as catharsis in the so-called enlightened future. That future man's smugness must be super repressive if the most reserved person on the ship needs to fantasize about brutal brutality and manslaughter to unwind. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I read that as man's laughter at first. And no, man, manslaughter. Man's laughter. Yes. Uh, it's still one of my favorite, like, and this was a fairly recent, I mean, it's like five years ago now, mm. but Simpsons things, like, Homer was, for some reason, hiding in a box. And he's like, no, Marge, it's okay. They took me to the laughter house. <laughs> and then he comes out, oh, God, it's the slaughterhouse. <laughs> uh, let's see. John Wiggins says, I don't know if this, I know this doesn't directly pertain to Voyager, but watching about the Borg made me start thinking. If the origin of the Borg from that book is canon, if the Borg were created by humans, mm-hmm. then in first contact, wouldn't the Borg have caused a paradox and remove themselves from history as well if humans never left the planet? It's a fair point, actually. Uh, who knows? I, I mean, although I guess, like, uh, the Borg could then go and create themselves, like... I don't... Like, okay, first of all, books aren't canon, so there's no. that. And a, a lot of the books that I've read that try to explain things usually fuck it up even worse. Mm-hmm. And my easy go-to answer is they just didn't think it out and it's not good, but I don't know. I guess that all happened before Enterprise, and wasn't that Enterprise-era stuff? Yeah, I think so. In that book? I, I, I only read it on Memory Beta. I didn't actually read the book. Cause I read sounds... the books, but this has been a, it's been a few years now. Yeah. I just I, I went down a rabbit hole once. I was like, where did the Borg come from? Oh, it's never been said. Oh, the book's said. Oh, that's terrible. That's not a good place they came from. I'm, no. I much prefer not knowing, I think. Yeah. I honestly always preferred not knowing, but I was curious if it had ever been said. On an unrelated topic, would you like to hear the secret origin of C-3PO's red arm? <laughs> You're probably wondering about my red arm. <laughs> You're right, B- You're right, BB-8. I probably should get my red arm replaced. Well, goodbye. <laughs> that's I know he doesn't... For, that's it for me. C-3PO out, smoke bomb. He doesn't throw smoke bombs. He has R2 shoot, like, smoke out of his, like, uh, uh, fire extinguisher. I'm delighted by the idea of C-3PO disappearing in a puff of smoke. <laughs> I, that is, that is, that is the best thing I've ever invented. Really? hmm Better than, like, all the stuff we've done for this show or the other show I'm or af- anything. I'm afraid, I'm afraid so, Al. Oh, all right. People, people who make Star Wars, please have C-3PO disappear in a puff of smoke. But he has to use a smoke bomb, right? Yes, he does. Okay, like it has to come from him. It can't be provided no, by someone to throw else. Like a, he has to throw like a smoke bomb at the ground, like he's fucking Master Shake. I was gonna say, like, there's because there's tons of scenes where he's in smoke. I'm picturing them in my head now. There's mm-hmm. like in uh, Empire where he's strapped to Chewie's back, and like they're escaping Cloud City. There's a big a bunch of smoke. Yep, that's not what I want. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Puff of smoke, C three PO, and okay. then you can hear him waddle away. Maybe maybe he's like vaping. Yeah, that'd be fine. And he blows a big cloud of smoke. This is much more healthy for me, R2. Do you think you think uh, Jabba was vaping? You think that's what oh, that I was? Oh, I definitely think Jabba was vaping. <laughs> he loved it. How do you say bro in Hatties? Bro Shuda. Bro Fortuna. Oh god. Broba Fett. <laughs> also just read uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye where everyone is bro. So. Hey bro. <laughs> Still stuck in my head. Bro, get out here, bro. Tracksuit Mafia, bro. <laughs> Tracksuit Draculas. Bleh. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Rod, and he says, Dear Matt, Al, Amanda, at, at, at Al, 
so I'm hoping that diversity and representation are integral to Trek 2017. That would be I nice. I chatting with some friends, and we feel that a series that focused on a bisexual Demora Sulu would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Not white, not a man, not straight, all good. Plus, it's a good reason for George Takei to make a cameo. Hooray! What do you think will be in the new series? Please speculate wildly. I Someone else said Demora Sulu should be the focus, and I'm all for that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. If you're going to set it in that era between the the original series mm-hmm. and next gen, we set her up as the navigator of the Enterprise B in Generations, so she'd be old enough. Like, the actor herself, if you want to get her back, uh-huh. would actually be Captain Age by now, I think. But if you want to recast, that's also fine. Mm-hmm. No, I think, if, that, I, think uh, I think that's a great idea. You want to move, like, 20 years after Generations, she'd be well into her career, and she mm-hmm. could be a captain. And, yeah, like, Takei could be her, like, Admiral Dad. Her Dad, Merle. I, I just set that up for you, didn't I? You know how this works. Uh-huh. We've been doing this long enough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would love to, on like, he's too old now, I think, to be Captain Sulu like he wanted. Like, he yeah. wanted a series forever, but it would be nice if they moved it a little further ahead. He could totally play, you know, like, ancient Admiral Sulu. And honestly, Takei's the only one I would be happy to see back at this point. I Plus, I feel like that Voyager episode really didn't do him justice. No. Like, I feel like... He he deserves another shot at a good cameo or mm. guest appearance or whatever, because that they really wasted him there. Yeah, they did. And, uh, and all Sulu, those like Sulu, Captain Sulu could be so cool. He could. You Although know? honestly, honestly, given the choice, I think I'd rather see older Uhura first. Oh yeah, that would be because, I forgot about Uhura because we never caught up with her, and I'm really curious what she got up to after the Enterprise. Like if she ever, because she was always just sort of in Kirk's shadow. Mm-hmm. And I know she had career aspirations, and I'd love to see, like, like I, I assume she just taught at the Academy or something, but it'd be cool if she became a captain or something, mm-hmm. you know. I'd well, I mean, she that. has to make Admiral, because everyone from the original series has to make Admiral except Chekhov. Well, I, I do not give a fuck about Chekhov. No, no one I don't want to. I don't want to see what he's up to. No. Unless we're talking 50 years from now, and the guy who plays Chekhov in the Abrams movies. Oh, that'd be fun. Plays old Chekhov. Then check, I care yeah, about old Chekhov's Chekhov. great. I just do not care about Walter. Yeah, I don't, care. I don't care if he's written a book. <laughs> I don't want to see a movie. Just forget it. Walter uh, has let's... apparently become star of a series. <laughs> Definitely don't want to see a star. Like, he was in one of those fan films. Uh, mm-hmm. Renegades, I think it was. Wasn't he an Axanar? I could have sworn no. he was an Axanar. No, right? he's not an Axanar. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Renegades, because it was like, it's it's the post-next-gen DS9, like post-Dominion War era. Mm-hmm. And he's like still supposed to be alive somehow. Nothing and Tuvok's in it. Me. Yeah. It's it's not great, but it's one of those like Tim Russ is still working kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate him. But yeah, Star Trek Renegades. It was basically like Admiral Chekhov and the Mullity Rebels. Yeah. Which wow. is like everything I don't want. Y- yeah, no, way to way to write the perfect Matt and Al will never watch this. Yeah. It was it was all about just like filthy rebels and okay so this thing I'm looking at their website right now mm. and you like it's it looks like Axonar only maybe not as much money but you pay for it and you pay to support it and it just it looks the same mm. I don't I don't get what the difference is I mean it's up to CBS what they want to sue that's that's their call but how are we uh, I don't know anyway. Uh, this one comes from Andrew, and he says, Hey, Alan Matt, how's it going? Great Hux cosplay and speech. Well, thank you. He's right. Oh, thank you. I'm never shaving again, but... Uh, no, I, I, I don't think I can allow that. I think it was worth it. Although I, it my, did knock like 20 years off of you. 
I see. I disagree. I you think look I look older. So young. I disagree wholeheartedly. I disagree because I was jowlier without the beard to no, hide. I didn't the, see it. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, my my favorite thing about that, like we did, we did the show, and that was fantastic. But my favorite thing was when I made a stormtrooper practically crap himself. Dude, that was great. I was there for that. Just walked up to a guy in a stormtrooper outfit and said, "You will salute your general." <laughs> ah, yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, let's see. He says, Venture Brothers is over. Rediscovered my man crush for Hank Scorpio through the debut of Red Death. Nice. Thought the Deadpool movie was great. So he's just weighing in on his various things. No, Deadpool movie was great. Yeah, well, I actually just saw that last week and I liked it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Deadpool in the comics, but I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. It's good. Uh, actually, that made me want to look him up in comics. And there is a pretty fun Deadpool Spider-Man comic happening right now yeah, that there I do is. like. That I did um, enjoy. The Jerry Duggan stuff's not bad either. I basically, if Tumblr can show me a good example of a comic, I will now go read it. Like, mm -hmm. Tumblr is a commercial for comics for me right now. You should check out the uh, the Deadpool versus Hawkeye comic, which is quite good. Okay. And it's set on Halloween, and it has uh, uh, Kate Hawkeye going like, by the way, I love your Freddy cosplay. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, Hawkeye going, that's his face. <laughs> Wait, is Kate Hawkeye played by Kate Mulgrew? Oh, God, maybe. At the very <laughs> least, she's voiced by him. Well, pl no, she's totally a tracksuit Dracula. Have you mm -hmm. seen her in uh, Orange is the New Black? Oh, God, that's right. Hello, bro. Hello, bro. Uh, Andrew says, think if they ever reintroduce the Enterprise B, they'll have sex pillows on board? I, I, I hope so. I don't I don't get what that, I don't get it. Is I don't either, but I hope so. All right. Uh, a few tidbits of trivia this week. Uh, the new Trek series is going to be shot in Toronto, so that's a thing. Cool. I mean, you know, Toronto sucks, but... <laughs> There's a species of dill called Ducat. Probably has evil dictatorial tendencies. Maybe don't tell Amanda about this plant. No, Amanda's got a crush on Garrick, not, mm. not Ducat. Put me, on your, put me on your eggs, Major. Uh, Major. Three Battle of Wolf 359. Apparently there are two USS Melbourne, an Excelsior and a modified four ne nacelle nebula class. I like to think Riker was offered the Nebula class because of his distinctiveness. Could be. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. P.S. Matt, have you ever cosplayed as anything or anyone before? I like anything or anyone. Uh, no. You I have it's fun. Wore, oh, no, that's not, I guess that's not true. I wore a uniform, uh, some Emerald City. Yeah, we put on the You can see Star pictures of it. It does not fit well. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I bought that for you because it was on super sale. Yeah. It's like, this is one size below what you wear, but uh, it was also 20 bucks, so suck it in for this picture. Uh-huh. Uh, um, but otherwise, no, I haven't cosplayed since, uh, I think I... I, I Halloween? Halloween, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't I was really a count. I was a pretty good Ghostbuster for Halloween about 10 years back, but that's about it. You should totally do a, a new Ghostbuster and full-on, like, drag. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. For the Lady Ghostbusters. I could probably rock Melissa McCartney. I, I just, I just want to see you drag, really. Just saying. Uh, you, uh, well, uh, you should have been there when I went to see Rocky Horror. Actually, there's pictures of that, pictures of that too. Well, I need to see that. Then. Amanda probably has them. Go well, ask probably. her. I can't. She's in Canada right now. Oh, that's right. Uh, let's see. Barkeron says... Why is she in Canada and I nothing? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, why can't I go see Civil War? Because she's in Canada. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I can commiserate with you on that. I can't see Civil War yet either. Why? Well, we're busy this week. Well, that's fair. We're going uh, next weekend. So busy. So busy. 
Uh, let's see. Barkeron says, I really like Species 84722. Something about something like them hadn't appeared on the show till then. If you disregard the TNG episode with the proto Moya that bonded with the Betazoid man. Oh, yeah, the uh, the Tin Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, having an interest in biotechnology, it was fascinating to see the away team scanning a part of the alien ship and saying something to the effect of, I'm reading a large concentration of peptides here. The structure behaves similarly to a nervous system, could be their equivalent of computer network. The writers put a good amount of thought into the new adversary. As you said, they are the opposite of the Borg. Rather than seeking perfection through the incorporation of machines, they choose to tweak and retweak their biology. Mm. Just like the Borg, they were ruined later on. But more on that in its proper time. Oh, good. Something else to look to forward to. Yep. Yeah, no, Species 8675309 is really cool. Yeah, Species 6. Four. I enjoy them so far. I just, in my in my summary for that episode, I just put mumble numbers. I I, I like that we're picking now what we're going to refer to them to, because I personally will never remember the actual numbers. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. And yet I will remember things like Judge Nora Satie and... Um, Burlingham Burling, Rasmussen? No, Burlinghoff Rasmussen. Burlinghoff Rasmussen. And uh, Cestus Three, where Kirk fought the Gorn. I just things yeah. I always remember. <laughs> Fortune and precious stones. <laughs> I was I, watching Bill and Ted's. Bogus I, that's Journey why I brought that up because you were bringing, you were watching Bogus Journey, and that's what put that quote in my head in the first place years ago. By the way, if you haven't, if you guys haven't seen Bogus Journey in a while, uh, watch it. That movie it's a great is movie. insane. I love it. Is I like it's, that better than Excellent Adventure? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but so good. Like just. I watched it with Mal, who was ne- who had never seen it. Yeah, she didn't care for it, as I, as no, I recall. No, but, I, I mean, she's wrong. Yeah, I know. Like, that, like it just, every time you think it's it's gotten as weird as it possibly could be, it gets so much weirder. But it's not like, it doesn't ruin the first one either. No. It's not like it went off the rails. It just kind of went, like, it took it further. Like, so many comedy sequels, to me, either retread the first one or completely lose the point of the first one. Yeah. And this, this... Didn't do either of those things. No, about halfway through, I turned them out. And I'm just like, well, you can't say they were. They just repeated what they did in the first one. No, but at the same time, it didn't feel like where the fuck. Did, like, I, this doesn't feel like Bill and Ted. Like, no, no, it, it still makes, totally does. The entire th- it's still and it makes like perfect sense within the confines of that movie. Like, right, exactly. Plus, I didn't get for years and years that uh, what's his name as death was uh, making fun of the um, the the seventh seal. I think. Yeah, yeah, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Oh. Uh, the director of Seven Seal. Oh, you know. uh, da, 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 da. Bergman. Yeah, Ingmar Bergman. Right, who is not the same as Ingrid Bergman. Also, while we're on the topic, um, Death is played by, uh, what's his face? Um, Sloan. Sloan, yeah. Yeah, I know. I pointed that out at the time, but yeah. you didn't remember. No, I do now. He's great. In my, in my head, he's like, don't overlook my butt. I work out all the time. Reaping, Reaping burns, burns a lot, a lot of, of calories. Yeah, I love that guy. You no, might be a king or a little street sweeper. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. It's so much fun. All right. Uh, David says, dear pals, don't worry about Enterprise. Sure, it has a stupid ongoing thing about a temporal Cold War, craps on canon, and has arguably the worst series finale in the franchise, but it actually tells a good story at times. You've got a reasonably well-executed zombie episode, a shockingly not bad, very special episode about drug addiction, fleshes out the Vulcan backstory in a fun way, a whole ton of serialization, and a rockin' opening credits song that your dad, who thought casual racism Chicote was a good idea, will want to air guitar in front of the TV every week. Yeah, yep, probably. It is a real dad rock song. <laughs> That's actually how he signs it off. It'll be a long road getting from here to there. It'll it be really? a long road. But your time will finally be near. Mm. Yours in the foxhole, David. 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah, boy. I don't want uh, it. Nope. Do I'm not. gonna watch uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey 800 times instead. <laughs> I'll just keep watching Rocky and Bullwinkle as I have been. Yeah, that's fine too. And posting pictures of Natasha every day. Yeah. You do <laughs> I, got a type. I keep finding like she keep putting uh, sexy costumes on her. Mm. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, my type is evil. I guess that's true. Um, <laughs> Natasha, the Baroness, Amanda. Uh, yeah. Evil. Evil, evil foreigners. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Deke. Thank you guys for your weekly Voyager voyages. You make it so much easier for me to not watch Voyager. <laughs> this may be a bad thing to admit, but I really tried to watch each episode with you so I could, you know, understand the jokes. But this shit pretty much sucks. Uh-huh, it sure does. Now I listen to your reviews, and I'll catch the good ones and let the bad ones float away unwatched like an empty life draft It's retouched to so many of the Titanic passengers. <laughs> this way I have time to rewatch four-sevenths of Star Wars again, or mow my lawn, or continue my long series of daring bank heists. <laughs> the other bonus is that by only watching the good episodes, I'm getting the impression that Voyager was actually a pretty good show, so thanks for that! <laughs> Glad Al's beard is back and Matt's never materialized. Guy talks about beards a lot. People like beards. I guess so. Beards don't grow in space, though. That's no, that's, that's true. That's Except on Jordy. No, they don't grow in space at all. Yeah. Well, where did Jordy's come from? A beard. I house? don't know. Yes, beard house. Beard house. <laughs> this one comes. I know this person has written in before, and I commented on how much I love the name, but I still love this name, Spurious K. That is a good name. Always enjoy a good, a good rapper name. Adjective initial name. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear Pa, I am sorry. I did not expect the mediocrity of Voyager to impact so hard so soon. I think it gets a little better once season four hits, but wow, that season was a struggle. I think you might be right. That was a rough one. Yeah, it was. One of the things that recently occurred to me is the incoming Seven of Nine might have been a move to try and recapture a bit of the original premise. She's a character that's not of Starfleet, yet technically minded enough to integrate with the running of the ship, Mm -hmm. is frequently in conflict with others on a personal and professional level, especially with the captain. I think they replaced the entire Maquis with a single character? I mean, I'll. Uh, we haven't seen her yet, but I assume, yeah, yeah. that's like uh, she's the outsider, right? She's like supposed to be like the Spock or Odo or Data, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. we don't really have. I guess the Doctor's kind of that. The Doctor, I guess. The, the, uh, the Neelix is an outsider who refuses to stay outside. Uh, j- j- outside. What are we talking about? Just want to whack him in the nose with a newspaper. I noticed a distinct lack of Neelix. Yeah, I've been trying to just, like I said, it's not funny anymore. It's just every episode, every single time he shows up, it's just like, and now here's some funny. Like, it's never funny. Stop it. Just just stop it. Ugh. All right. Uh, another thing that hit me, not particularly hard, though, was earlier in the season, as it was yet another episode of Voyager getting yelled at for traipsing across someone's backyard without permission. I wonder why they didn't bother doing an episode about trying to build a cloaking device, my brain decided to muse. I can think of good meta reasons for it, such as not wanting to do what the DS9 guys had, or removing a recurring plot from the rotation. In-universe, though, they probably could knock up a simple device for giving the Federation... uh, Given the Federation had about a century of experience dealing with them at this point, Mm. with the complete example captured in Star Trek IV and Kirk versus female Robin Commander. Yeah, that's true. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought, no, it was a uh, treaty thing that they couldn't use cloaking devices, right? Like, they have the technology. Yeah, they, that's what they said in the DS9 episode. The one time they had the Romulan watching over their shoulder before they're just like, ah, never mind. Yeah. yeah as the Treaty of Algeron, I think. That's another just things I remember. The, the Treaty of Algeron. Yes. Bring him flowers. Oh, that book makes me sad. Oh, That's my brain thing again. Yeah. 
Uh, I can't actually remember the name of that episode and many others of the original series. Since childhood, I've been working with a system most episodes could be titled uh, in the style of the Tick cartoon. With easy examples like Kirk versus the Nazis, Kirk versus the Romans, Kirk versus Kirok, Kirk versus Spock, Kirk versus Bearded Spock, (laughs) Kirk versus Mega Spock in the animated series, Kirk versus the Flying Fried Egg Monsters, and so on. I I I took you literally at that. I thought you meant like uh, the tick versus the tick versus the triples. Yes, or the no. tick versus bearded Spock. I I'd be okay with that. Yep, totally okay with that. Well, really, I mean, the tick versus the triples is basically the tick versus multiple Santa, right? I guess that's true. Yeah, the, I mean, it's a slight variation, but it's mm-hmm. still basically a yeah. Uh, I suppose I should rename Kirk versus Jack the Ripper to Kirk versus Mister Hengus, and the, the tick actually Mister Hengus. The actually memorable title, The Doomsday Machine, has now become Kirk versus the Death Funnel. <laughs> also, I think I spotted a reference in Kirk versus Mr. Ataz in his time travel library. Kirk is in a jail, though not for a holiday, and is being questioned. He claims that he's from an island. The Inquisitor asked, What is this island? Earth came the reply. So there's something. No. Oh. This, this was is it, was, I thought Trek was out before this island Earth. No, no, no. This island Earth was the 50s, definitely. Really? I'm 90% sure of that. It's definitely before Star Trek, but I'm, I think it was like 57 or 59 or something like that. This I'm going to say 59. Islander. Normal view, 1955. Wow. Okay. Yep. So it was also before uh, Forbidden Planet, mm. uh, which was like the proto Star Trek is why I bring that up. It's a mutant, much like <laughs> your Earth insect. Insects, stronger, of course, and more intelligent. Uh, anyway. I watched the MST movie. Uh, yeah, me too. Mike broke the Hubble. Mike broke the Hubble. All right. One final email comes from Prevailing Thought. Probably not their Christian name. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Have you considered calling yourself the Prevailing T? Yeah. That would be be way catchier, I think. Think about it. Yeah. With your prevailing thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, greetings, Alan Matt. Hi. I've been listening to your podcast for roughly two years now. I was hooked by a review of DS9 episode The Wire. With the lovely Amanda, uh, it's another Amanda shill. It's a good uh, thing she's in Canada, probably. And then binged on your entire backlog. Mm. Uh, it's been a delight to see how the show has evolved over the years, and I credit you guys for inspiring me to give TOS a chance, Spock's brain notwithstanding. No. I've tried and failed to listen to other Trek podcasts, and yours is the only one I found to be genuine, insightful, and consistently hilarious. Hey, us too. Yeah. <laughs> or consistently anything. Uh-huh. This is my first time watching Voyager, and you two have been my support group for this often painful journey. In August, I'll be attending the 50th anniversary Star Trek convention. So my question to you is this. Do you have any messages you'd like me to pass on to Bran and Braga? Preferably one that won't get me arrested or forcibly ejected. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't have anything that won't get you kicked out. No, I... Look, I'm sure he's fine as a person. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I don't know I don't know where I was going with that. No, I'm not. In, in the words of a great man, uh, tell him I hate him. <laughs> Tell them I hate them. <laughs> I, I'm I'm too deep into this right now. My my general policy is to not be a jerk to people. Like whenever Matt goes too far with the gene stuff, I usually try. Whoa, let's back off a little, please. But mm-hmm. I'm so we're so in it right now that I I just hate him. Mm-hmm. I can't be objective. I can't be fair. I just ah. So no, probably not. No, just shoot him a glare. Shoot him a nasty glare from me. Just, did, did, you hear my teeth clenching? Just, mm-hmm. like, give him that in, in look form. Yeah. You know what you did. Or, I um I will take if you can get a picture of him wearing a, while wearing, like, holding a paw sign or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, print out our logo and hold it up or whatever. Get him to hold it up. 
uh, Jason, who made us that awesome plaque and and is, has been a faithful listener for many years, mm-hmm. uh, has pictures of him himself uh, with Patrick Stewart and I want to say Brent Spiner, a few different celebrities. Yeah. Uh, wearing his posh shirt. Yes. So, yeah, even then, if you yourself want to wear a posh shirt, which uh, I don't think we're selling on the website right now, but uh, write to us and we'll make that happen. I'm just, I can't find a good cheap place to get shirts right now, but yeah. we, we're going to do it again. We yeah. absolutely will. Um, it's too good a logo not to, honestly. Oh, I, I freaking love that logo. Yeah. And I dude, people wearing our shirts. I mean, yeah. come on. I want to sell them. I really do. It's just like, I can't find a cheap place to do it right now. Mm. Anyway. Um, but yeah, like a picture of you with him, with the logo, like it would be great. Um, thank you for many hours of nerdy enjoyment. I never get tired of how Matt's adorable cackle cuts through my earbuds, drawing glares from my coworkers. You're welcome. Keep up the good work. Your loyal listener, Rom. Brother. This sadly is my real nickname, he says. Oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Brother. Uh, that's all the email. All right. Uh, it's great to hear from you guys. We always appreciate it. And it's been happening for the last year or so, but our listener, like our numbers are just going slowly up. Like not like groundbreaking numbers or anything, but just steadily We're getting more increasing. No. Yeah. Like we've been, this is, this is year six for this show. And just every, every year it's a little more. Yeah. Well, once again, find me another Trek podcast. that's done six years. Well, I not even that I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be humble a little Matt. You, I'm not. You know, I'm, okay. just, I'm proud of this show. That's fair. I mean, I'm I'm totally proud of this show too, but I just it's cool that people are noticing it. Like, yeah, we mentioned this weeks ago when we uh, hit the iTunes charts for the first time. Oh man, like this is a pretty big deal. Uh-huh. Like, and we're way the hell down there. Like, we're number five hundred or something, mm-hmm. or probably more than that. that but be, that being said, I told my mom that, and she actually she actually knew what I was talking about. That's the thing. People know what iTunes is, and they yep. know if I like if it shows up on iTunes radar, it must be something. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And I got to tell you, the other shows that I produced haven't. It doesn't just happen to anything. It happens mm-hmm. when you get numbers. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic. And we're so happy that you guys seem to enjoy this. And I, like I say, I, I hate doing a show where we show up every week and hate the show, but we got to react the way we react, mm-hmm. you know, like if that's how we feel about it, then that's how it goes, you know. Hopefully, uh well, Enterprise will probably suck. But after that, hopefully yeah. the Brian Fuller show will be good. Mm-hmm. One one will hope. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Well, we're almost at the two-hour mark once again, because that's how these go these days. Yes. The, the supplementals that don't end. Yes. Uh, so we'll be back with the beginning of Season 4 next week. Yep. Until then, the balcony is ours. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.